get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, saver retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. I'm Mr. Sun. I'm Mr. Heat Blister. I'm Mr. 101. They call me too much. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the opening drive on 101 ESPN. Brooke Grimsley, Kerry Davis, Randy Carricker, great to have you with us in St. Louis, where... It's so damn hot! Milk was... Start at 6.45 tonight. It's going to be 99 degrees at game time. Heck, St. Louis City SC and Brooke is, uh, is sporting the colors this morning. Check us out on YouTube, by the way. Just go to YouTube and, and type in 101 ESPN STL, and you can see Brooke Grimsley wearing her St. Louis City SC cap, Kerry Davis, wearing a non-black and gold T-shirt. And He's kept that going. Uh, Good job, lady. Yeah, I'm wearing my, uh, my cardinal red. We're on the YouTube this morning. <laughs> but uh, it's going to be above 90 at 9 p.m. when St. Louis City SC takes on Club America, which is from Mexico. And evidently it does get hot in Mexico. Does it? Yeah. No One way. time when Harry Carey was doing a Cubs game player, I don't even remember who it was. Their first, I don't, I don't think it was their first baseman. But anyway, somebody lost, a Latin player lost the, a ball in the sun. And uh, it dropped, and Harry Carey says, He grew up in the Dominican Republic. How's he lose a ball in the sun? That's amazing. Uh, I, was, I was reading something on uh, Yahoo yesterday about how hot, it's, how, hot, how hot it's been in some cities. People are going to emergency room rooms with uh, second-degree burns, third-degree burns. What? From, from touching, falling? From touching doorknobs. Oh, man. From walking on the pavement. I guess barefoot. I don't know why yeah. you would do that. 170 degrees well, is what the, the, the dog pants, gets, pants yeah. on dog's feet. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Where? What area is this? I, I, I think it was Texas. Um, okay. Phoenix, Wyoming. Yeah. It was a couple other states that yeah. that were uh, yeah. that that report was about. Yeah. Was Phoenix, like, hey. check in on the uh, the old YouTube Ooh. and tell us how many consecutive days above 110. I think Q, it's like 25 or 26. Yeah. Cue to all the news stations then cracking and, and their live shots oh, to, yeah. to display how hot yeah. it is. It is. That's yeah. that's how that always goes, it right? Yeah. Yeah. Just so you know. Speaking of hot, how about our Cardinals? Yeah, Ooh. how about them? Oh, oh, oh. They go to Arizona where it was hot, and they take two out of three. And nobody, nobody is hotter. By the way, about Jim Harbaugh getting suspended. Speaking of <laughs> nobody, I just he's, that, he's that struck hot, my mind. I'm sure, yeah, he's probably. <laughs> but uh, the, the Cardinals win by a score of eleven to seven in Arizona. Jack Flaherty, in what may have been his last start as a member of the Cardinals, goes five innings. He allows three runs on eight hits, four strikeouts, and two walks. But the story of the day was the Cardinal offense in the second inning. The young fella did it again. Launch deep right center field. That may be headed to the. Chip with the call on Ballet Sports. Cardinals led 1-0 at that point. They increased their lead to 2-0 before Arizona tied it. Cardinals come back and take the lead 
And then in the seventh inning, with the Cardinals up by a score of 4-3, to three, the MVP stepped in. That is launched deep to left field. Goldie does it again in Phoenix. Another mammoth two-run homer. 417 feet, and the Cardinals have pulled away in the seventh. I don't know what you guys were thinking, but I thought when he hit that ball, it took my breath away. It was just, he hit that ball so hard and so far, and there was no doubt about it. That was one of those really majestic Paul Gold, Goldschmidt homers. It's, I mean, this is what you expected from this lineup. You expected yeah. power. You expected mm-hmm. balls going over fences. You expected a lineup that was able to run the game. Run. That's what we, and we were <laughs> correct in yes, that assessment. We, we needed around eight runs a game in order yeah. to be successful. You got 11 yesterday, powered by five home runs. It just was a was a good, good time uh, at the plate yesterday for the Cardinals. Arizona scored one more, but Nolan Gorman wasn't done. High in the air to center. Thomas on the run. Still going. That ball is high off the wall. Another homer for Gorman. We're going to have to drag him kicking and screaming to the charter. What a day for Gorman. (laughs) 22 home runs this season for Gorman. Tying with Arenado. We were talking about this before the show. Just the power from the left side of the plate. Who was the last pure just left-handed power threat prior to Nolan Gorman that you can think of for the Cardinals? Well, in 2018, Matt Carpenter was eighth in the league in slugging percentage. He had 36 homers and 42 doubles. So, But that wasn't over the course of a whole season. And Gorman has been up and down, too. But I, I would never classify Marp as a true power threat. The, the that, guy, that's why I said true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The guy who actually was that hitter, and he's actually very Gorman-esque, was... Uh, Brandon Moss, who hit, I think he still has the longest Cardinal home run in Bush Stadium history, hit 37 for them that year that he was here for the full year. So I, I would say probably Brandon Moss. But then before that, Kerry, you were bringing up uh, Jimmy, Jimmy Baseball. All right. And Jimmy yeah. Baseball probably before that. And then he had some switch hitters like Berkman and, and Beltron who could hit it out. But just a pure left-handed power threat. Haven't been many lately for the Cardinals. No, and that's a guy I think none of us want to see go, right? It would be a huge mistake seeing him leave, but I think the only reason that he was even brought up in trade discussions is because they were, he was reportedly one of the players they were willing to part with when they were looking at Sean Murphy. Yeah, and one of the really nice things, Brooke, is that uh, when the Cardinals evaluate a young player, generally they don't do anything and go off and do anything. So they, they, they pick the guy. <laughs> not Randy, Randy. No, what, no, no, what, what? no, no, that's not, that's not, that's not our MO. We're oh. usually, we usually send the wrong guy. Oh, <laughs> never mind. <laughs> uh, so the Cardinals 15 hits getting 11 from the top five spots in the order. Newt, give us a little uh, Newt news. Nutty neuters. I don't know. I need to come up with a song. <laughs> get get neuted. Get yeah, neuted. Neutered. Neutering the no. other. Oh, no, no. No. Matthew doesn't like that one. Like but um, it's just his name. I'm yeah, just saying. Right. Like just he's neutering the opposition. He does. No, yeah. no, no, no. There's not nearly, no? There's not nearly enough like allusions to him being like the the villain of opposite Willy Wonka one day. Because <laughs> that's honestly what I think Lars Newbart his true potential is. His true potential is it being in a movie where he's the villain to Willy Wonka. <laughs> okay. okay. Lars Newpar is, is an evil candy magnate. I think well, it's perfect. the nutty neuters of Newt Nation are always very excited That's his when army. Lars Newpar... That's his army. Yes. That takes down Willy Wonkas and the Oompa Loompas. Yeah, mm-hmm. it is. Mm-hmm. We are a very strong uh, army. Newt, three for four with a couple of RBIs and a homer. Uh, Tyler O'Neill had a couple of hits. 
he's cracking up over there. And, uh, <laughs> that was funny. And uh, tell me if you guys kind of thought that uh, the bullpen might cough that baby up. <laughs> they, they tried. Yeah, just going to let him keep scoring, huh? Okay. Hey, we got cool. to see Suarez, though. That's something. Right? Cardinals yeah. pitchers yeah. In, their, in their first game this year for the Cardinals, ERA has to be like 12 and a half. Yeah, right. <laughs> hey, the L.A. Times picked a great time to quit covering sports. Uh, yesterday, the Angels <laughs> picked, uh, I don't know if you, did you guys see that? The, I did, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so the Angels have pulled Shohei Otani off the block, and then they go out and traded for Lucas Giolito and Reynaldo Lopez from the White Sox for two top prospects. And then the Dodgers, after uh, trading for Kike Hernandez a couple of days, and uh, trading Noah Syndergaard, they uh, got shortstop Ahmed Rosario from the Cleveland Guardians. So, uh, yeah, nice move, L.A. Times. Brilliant. (laughs) And did you guys watch uh, women's soccer last night? Man, that was compelling. You talk about dominant. Holy cow. Now, it was only a 1-1 draw. They outshot the Netherlands. And how how would you like to have your country be named Ned? Ned. Yeah. 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 I, I thought that was. Yeah. yeah. Hey. yeah. Randy, they don't have a name for their country. They, they just like, oh, they man. jump around names willy nilly. Dutch. They're the Dutch. They're Holland. They're the <laughs> yeah. Netherlands. They, they just are. pick and choose willy nilly. No, frankly, with I don't appreciate it. I kind of do. Uh, anyway, they, they outshot them 17 to 4. And like the, the last 20 minutes of regulation was played right next to the Netherlands net, and the, the USA just couldn't get one past the, the Netherlands goaler. And uh, we, being the USA, 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 uh, were tied for first in Group E with four points through two games, and it was a, uh, a 1-1 draw last night on the pitch in Australia as uh, the USA wore the beautiful kits. You like them? You like the kits? Oh, yeah, I do. Really nice. So uh, go USA. Go USA. Good job. There's nothing that like brings, I feel like, people here more together than when you can root for the USA and something. I think it's great. Because yep. then it's just like if you feel that pure adrenaline and just patriotic, patriotic power, yep. right? Yeah. So one other thing. One other thing. And Matthew and I were talking about this earlier. How cool would it be to be able to take a $35 million pay cut like Aaron <laughs> Rodgers did? <laughs> And still be super I rich. I don't know that I would take a $35 million pay cut. He just wants to play another year. I, I, okay. Yeah. Pay me. Oh, he's already got the money. Nah. He, he would have a $107 million cap hit next year if he didn't take the pay that cut. sounds like a them problem, not a <laughs> me problem. Well, that means he don't get to play anymore and he wants to play. Oh, okay. Well, I guess. But no, it, it, I think it was. A, I think it is good that he decided to take a little bit, you know, a lot of it less money because it's going to allow the Jets to open up and if they need to sign someone else if they need to they they're, they're looking at their offensive line and trying to figure that part of their team out right now they got they're, they're pretty good but if they can go out and find some more depth at that position uh maybe add a running back because Brees hall is coming back from an acl tear there's a there's a running back that played in uh, minnesota mm-hmm. that was pretty good and yep. is on the free agent market you got a few of them that are still on the free agent market so that may be a place that they look as well, running back, even though running backs don't get paid anymore. Did St. Louis and Ezekiel Elliott ever sign anywhere? Not yet. Might his no. career be over? There's no way, right? Like, he'll go somewhere. You know, the thing that is so it, – it's it's frustrating for me uh, because he he has been and, and did a fantastic job running the football. But once you realize that they start splitting your carries, oh, yeah, this is easy mm-hmm. on my body. No. And they're going to take your – he's going to take your job <laughs> yeah. at some point. And so you have to be, I guess, steadfast, not not 
argumentative or not angry or not, you know, non-agreeable, but you have to be the guy that says, no, I need this ball 20, 25 times. Yeah. And that's the only way that you're going to continue to have a job in this league. And they're not going to pay you. They'll pay you $10, $12 million for it, which is really good money. Not in comparison to what other positions are making, but for the work that you do. And and the grind on other positions isn't what it is for running backs. If you're a running back that does carry the ball a lot, it's just natural that you're going to have your ability decrease over the course of time. Randy, it's the most, it it is painful. Mm -hmm. Like, those are some, I've watched running backs get up on Monday morning and and how they move around. it's, It's a tough day. Because you, you again, you got eleven guys all keyed in on you trying to come tackle you. So yeah. it, it's a tough position, and it it deserves more than what it gets. But here we are right now, and, and those running backs are going to have to they're going to have to wait this out and see if they can get paid more. By the way, to this point through last year, Aaron Rodgers has made three hundred and five million. Uh, $608,010 as oh an NFL gosh. player, $305 million. So because he has Good to give him. up that thirty five, do you think there's some sort of a benefit that we could set up for him? <laughs> you know, the, the make Aaron whole benefit? Randy, he can just ask his family. How about, oh, well, I don't know about that. How about he's a bake he's sale? He's how, about a, how about an Aaron Rodgers bake <laughs> sale? Oh, yeah. I, I don't think we're going to get $35 million dollars in our... We can try. We, we can got start enough. and send it to him. Especially Only if he needs to go cookies. to the darkness again, you know, and I mean, another retreat. Yeah. Makes That's it simple, expensive. Though. It doesn't have to be good baked goods. You just have to put mushrooms in it. Oh. oh that makes every, everybody like it then. <laughs> and they'll keep coming back, I'm assuming. Yeah. Uh, so there you have it. By the way, uh, The Flash, apparently official from... Phoenix, Arizona, 27 days over 110 degrees. 27 consecutive. That's a month of 110 plus nearly, because a month is 30 or 31. Mm-hmm. It's a long time of 100 degree, 100 degree days. It's a think, long time. I think. My there is nothing to do outside when it's that hot. No. You were just... asking me yes, earlier how has practice been going. We actually had a an overcast. We were good yesterday. It wasn't wasn't too warm. It breezy was, too. It was breezy. Nice, nice. The, our our kids have been blessed. I say because they haven't had one of those days where it's like mm-hmm. suffocating to breathe. You know, it's it's been been pretty good. Well, and here's another thing. Coaches take note. Uh, Carrie Davis, tell us how you make your kids drink water. Oh yeah, we drink a lot of water yeah. all day. You you have to. Yeah. You, you, <laughs> it, it is a necessity. Go drink. I make them go back. They they come. They like. Oh, we gotta hurry up. No no no. Stay over there for about ten minutes. Yeah. Drink some water. Get your get 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 replenished. Get rehydrated so we can get to this work. Good note. Coaches, take note. Uh, that is Brooke. That is Carrie. I'm Randy. Matthew is here. And coming up next, get your text into the Air Comfort Service text line 314-399-9646-314-399. Yo-ho! We have Sick of It coming up next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. ESPN 314-399-9646-314-399. Yo-ho! Gary's not back in. He's going to get coffee right now, which is fine. It is he fine. Can, he can do that. Uh, I haven't told you who we have coming up on the show, which I will do right now. Greg Emsinger at the bottom of this hour. And then uh, the uh, former Cardinal and uh, also a member of Big League Impact and now Cubs infielder Patrick Wisdom. Patty Smarts will join us coming up at 930 with the Cubs in town. Looking forward to that. Uh, kids, here's what I'm sick of: is uh, college realignment. Here's my oh, here's yeah. here's my thought. 
once a school, once even one school, goes to a different conference and then goes back to their old conference, i.e. Colorado right now, then we should end realignment and not allow it anymore. I'm sick of it. So Mizzou shouldn't be looking to get back into the Big 12? No, no they should not. Yeah, hell, they should. No, they should uh, not. Aren't you a guy that says <laughs> no. never give money back? Well, I mean, you no. don't got to give the money back. Just no. go back. No. You want to win, Just go Randy? Back. Do you like winners? Y- your, your chances of being in a BCS bowl game are as good in the SEC or better than they are in the Big 12. No. Yeah, they are. Carrie, they have more. You don't have a chance to make it to the SEC championship game. Um, not, not if, well, yes, you do, because they've done it. Randy. They've, they've, that, they've that, been that, in, that, they've been in two. Randy, that, that, that was that how many, was a time, and, and, and time, time. How many big championships did they make it in the in the first yeah, 30, is, in those, twenty it, years yeah. before that? So the SEC is a much more is a much different SEC now than it was ten years yeah. ago. Well, it, I'm telling you, with without. <laughs> Uh, Texas and Oklahoma in the Big 12, nobody there is ever going to the Final Four. Or even the only play team they'll have in the Final 12, they'll have one team in the Final 12. See, they, I'm they, learning that it's a very sensitive subject with the Mizzou. Well, here's the thing. It's, it's just reality. We're, we're talking about reality. <laughs> Mizzou should go to the Big 10. Well, no. Yeah. Well, they would no, because would. academically, the Big 10 should have taken sense. them a long time yes. ago. But all I have to do is ask this question. Has the University of Missouri played in an SEC championship game? Yes. Then the yeah. answer is yes. I, and I understand why a lot of schools, too, just speaking specifically of the SEC, why people want to go to the SEC, a lot more money, mm-hmm. easier probably for recruiting-wise. Well, in some ways, you're competing more with yeah. the other big schools. And also the allure of more TV games, more exposure. I get that, but it makes it a million it's times harder. It's difficult to win yes. in the SEC as long as LSU Alabama, mm-hmm. Georgia. Georgia, yeah, yeah. It, it's, I mean, Florida is a team that is struggling to win, and they have exactly. a exactly. That's why Mizzou has a chance in the SEC. Yep, yeah. it in the SEC, it just means more. It that's does. what they say. Right? Yeah, that's, you know that what I'm sick of. Well, I'm sick of seeing my position, my fellow mates in the backfield, being misunderstood, mistreated, po- treated poorly, just not cared for, not looked after, not taken care of. These men carry the football 20 to 25 times a game. They get tackled to the ground 20 to 25 times a game. They may catch three to four passes a game. They may block rushing linebackers four to six times a game. They are the 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 lifeblood of a football team. They are the the heart, the heart that pumps all of the mm-hmm. blood to all of the the arteries and mm-hmm. and to your body parts. It allows your fingers to wiggle and your toes to wiggle and your shoulders to go up and down. And here they are. You're not taking care of your heart, teams. Yep. You're not taking care of the heart of your team. You are mistreating them. You're treating them poorly. You aren't paying them what they're worth. And it is. I'm sick of it, Randy. Just uh, you know what? Have a running back that misses a block and see what happens with Patrick Mahomes. Uh, Let's do that. Let's see how important the running back position is when he can't pass block. When he chooses not to pass block. Did you ever have a lookout block? Oh, yeah. Well, I, tell you, I told you. I told you. I'm going to tell you a story about a, a guy named Mario Williams. Uh-huh. He's, uh, he's the first round, first round first draft pick. Of the first draft, pick yeah. of the draft. And he's uh, about 6'6". Six, six. They, they called him like Jordan. They, he was like the basketball version. He was a really good football player. And so we had a play. Bruce Arians was like, hey, can you block him? Oh, hell yeah, I can block him. Of course I can. Go block him. Again, I'm 5'10". I'm strong, Randy, in here, internally. In here, I'm strong. 
out here, not so much. So I get to him, I shoot my hands, boom, got him. Mario shoots his hands, boom, I don't got him no more. I can't reach him. No, no, no. He throws me to the side. Look out, seven! He's gonna come and tackle me. There's nothing I can do. This is a physical limitation. This is not a. This is not me not trying hard. This is a physical limitation. This is what God gave him. He didn't give me. I'm not six six. I couldn't reach him. I was like a child. And, and, and then, like five seconds later, Ben Roethlisberger is going, "Man, I'm sick of it." <laughs> you didn't talk to BA. He knew that was a dumbass decision. That's amazing. You know what I'm sick of, guys? And some people have already texted in about this. Aliens. They're happening. They're new. They're, Why they're, would be sick of them? But here's my they're thing. Not new. I, what I'm sick of is I want to see photos. <laughs> I want to see photos of these aliens. If there's these aliens that we're talking about, and we keep getting like these little pieces of video of these aircrafts, that's fine and all. I want to see photos of these supposed aliens. That's what I'm sick of. If we're going to talk about it, we have Congress, all that happening yesterday. What do they look like? Are they like the aliens, like, I don't know, from some of these scary movies? Or are they going to be like Alf? <laughs> Where they're just like super friendly, because then I'd be fine meeting them. I don't. I don't think. But, so here's my here's my. Oh, thought do you process. have a do you have an alien theory? Well, no. I mean, the thought process that we and I say we human beings would believe that we are the only creatures on this vast planet that we on the, in, in this solar system that we are still learning more about is is a bit. Um, it's a big yeah, ego. Selfish. Yeah, it, yeah. it's kind of like, yeah, we're the only ones that matter. Yeah, that's dumb. That's not true. The, the, the solar system, they are learning about planets that are, they're still learning. We're, there, there are things that we have no clue about. A scientist recently put in, in scope of the amount of the universe that we've, we've explored is the equivalent of putting an eight ounce glass of water in the ocean, picking up all the water in that, and saying, that's what we've discovered compared to the rest of the ocean. Oh, How does he know? They can measure the size of a constantly expanding universe. I'm just how saying, much I feel like I feel like we've talked about it so much over the years. So much. Sorry, I, I just want to see Day. I just want to see some <laughs> photos of what these aliens look like. Okay, just oh, about uh, area and I do this with, with all due respect to the guy. But I would suggest you just do a Google search for Otis Nixon Atlanta Braves. No, Randy, Randy, Randy. 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 Oh, Otis my. is a fine gentleman. Randy. Randy. Otis is a, yes. a, I said with all due respect, he's a fine gentleman. I don't know if that gets you away from that. He was a great that. baseball player. <laughs> he was a very fast baseball. We won't, Otis, we won't do that to you. We love Otis. Wait, here's a follow-up question. Him. Who is the most Alien like on the Cardinals. No, I'm not gonna say it. Oh, You're not gonna no. say. Hey, it could be a compliment. Ah, it could be a compliment. I'm not like saying this in a negative yep, way. Yep, yep. Uh, a as Spagnuolo would famously say, fired. "I'm not going there." Don't get fired. <laughs> yeah. uh, no? What do we, what do we have on the text line? Uh, sick of it. Sick of going through the drive-through and the workers telling me to pull forward after they give me my drink so they can walk my food to me. Just let me wait right here. There's nobody behind me. Uh-huh. I feel that pain actually. Is that a Chick-fil-A thing? No, uh, no, no, it's, no it's a, don't a, you yeah, ever I'll slander I'll tell you, Chick-fil-A. It's a snack and shack but move. I will tell you who is very efficient in doing that, though, is Culver's. Culver's does a great, great job that's, at that's, it. That's, that's oh. their model, nah. But their model is built around yeah. that with, like, the numbers, I in, see it. The numbers <laughs> in the window and everything. 
<laughs> I cannot. Not, not go there. <laughs> You're not going to show the, the tube. You're not going to show the tube. Uh, so I, people I couldn't see what's that. happening in this room. Randy just revealed who he thinks is. My question was, who do you think is an alien, most alien-like on this Cardinals no, team. And it's to me, it could be a compliment because you're no. kind of a freak of nature, right? No. I, that's how I looked at it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Hell of a baseball player. Well, and Michael actually, right? Didn't Michael do a movie where uh, with he was going against the Monstars and defeated the aliens? So oh, he, Michael he had, Jordan? He yeah. had strength that was beyond the aliens. Yeah. All right, let's do one more. Oh, one more? Yeah. Independence Day is my favorite alien movie. Oh, yeah, great. I like Signs. Great alien movie. Signs is a good alien movie. That was scary. I like this one. I'm sick of the Cardinals blowing leads. If they they were just an average team, they'd be winning this division. Yeah. I don't know. Derek Gould brought a, a, a stat that if they had the same amount of blown saves as the Cincinnati Reds, they'd have like almost the exact identical record as them. <laughs> um, you know what I'm sick of? Ba- Major League Baseball. I-, I thought about this this morning because Tyler O'Neill made a heck of an attempt to catch a home run oh, yesterday yeah. and a fan. I believe reached his hand over and they touched gloves like they their gloves hit one another, which mm-hmm. means Tyler O'Neill more than likely would have made the catch. Major League Baseball. The thing that makes the NFL wonderful, they have cameras everywhere. They have cameras in the pylons. They got cameras over the top. They got cameras that you can see. There is not an angle on an NFL field where you won't be able to tell if it was a first down, touchdown, catch or no catches, you know, up to the referees because they get confused sometimes. But there are things that you can see for sure that it was done, and and you know. Major League Baseball needs more cameras. They yep. need. There should not be a reason why you don't have a camera showing whether or not that fan stuck his hand over the fence and made that catch. It, it definitely looked like yeah. it was, you could argue just from the one angle that I saw that possibly it was a little over the wall, but the way that the fan kind of like, it, the gloves definitely touch, and the fan yes. just like snatched it. Right, it just right. like and tried snatched it up. Say I'm sorry. Yep. And then we had the 101 ESPN microphones down by the Cardinals dugout oh, as Tyler O'Neill oh. returned to the dugout. Wow. <laughs> we don't have the cameras, but we got the mics. We got the mics there. Uh, that is, uh, that is, we're sick of it here on 101 ESPN. Coming up, Greg Amzinger, MLB Network, joins us on the opening drive on 101 ESPN. Warm weather means homework for homeowners. And if your homework means a new deck, then turn to the deck experts at Hackman Lumber. Browse the largest inventory of decking materials and deck accessories in Missouri at Hackman Lumber Company. Talk with their experts about treated lumber, cedar, timber tech, Trex, Envision, Azek, and decorators to find the best deck for you. Check out endless choices of railings, balusters, and LED deck lighting options. Hackman Lumber Company will not be undersold on in-stock decking materials guaranteed. You can choose to do it yourself with Hackman's expert advice, or they can recommend reputable contractors to do the work for you. Stop by and see Hackman's expanded paint department, too, with brushes, rollers, painter's tape, and four different lines of interior and exterior paint. Custom color match available. Visit Hackman Lumber's newly remodeled stores in St. Peter's and Pacific, or their showroom in Troy, Missouri. Hackman Lumber. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.
The great Greg Amsinger is with us on the Celebrity Line. Of course, you can see Greg on MLB Network every night on MLB Tonight. You can also... uh, have this little nugget of knowledge that Greg is a native of St. Louis. He attended the Lindenwood University, and uh, he joins us now. Greg, we've got a uh, we, we've got a segment that'll come up after you called "Take It or Leave It," and I'm going to give you one right now. Take it or leave it. The Angels are doing the right thing in not trading Shohei Otani. Oh man, that's a hard one. You know, I, you know, immediately I wanted to say leave it because um, I, I, they have no chance of resigning him. Right, so if you know he's going to leave, even if it's to the the rival Dodgers, which is going to be painful for the owner of, of the Angels, Artie Moreno, you got to get something for him. You can't just get a compensation pick for a Hall of Fame level pitcher, a Hall of Fame level slugger. It makes no <laughs> sense. But but Tom Berducci broke the news last night that they're pulling him off the trade market, and of course they made a trade for Lucas Giolito and Ronaldo Lopez after they made that news. It makes sense. This is their last shot. What are they trying to do? They're trying to get an Aaron Judge-like situation. They want Shohei Otani to have warm and fuzzy feelings for the Angels. The only way they can do that is if they make this miraculous October run. They go deep into the playoffs. He pitches them into the ALCS of the World Series. And then he decides to not take the highest offer and stay with the Angels, which is what Aaron Judge did when he stayed with the Yankees. This is their only shot at keeping Shohei Otani, who's worth so much international money to whatever franchise signs him. So to me, the more I look at it, this is their Hail Mary pass at keeping Otani. And so it's the right thing. What's that? So it's the correct thing to do. I I, I think keeping him is the right thing to do. Okay, but here's what I said on TV, all right? It's to be okay. I live my life in worst-case scenario situations. When I drive my car, I'm expecting someone to cut me off everywhere I go. When I'm on TV, I expect the control room to not run any tape. I expect everything to go wrong in every facet of life. I'm a horrible person to be married to. I ask my wife. But this is how I operate. So if you're the angels, okay, you have to operate in worst-case scenario and be at peace with it. The worst case scenario situation here is you're going to trade for all these other players and give away so many young pieces of your future, which they did last night in the Giolito trade. You have to be okay with the fact that he's not going to help you get to the playoffs. You're not making the playoffs. And he's leaving for a compensation pick, which isn't a first-round pick. That's a pick in the 60s on day one of the draft. You've got to be okay with that. Because if you don't go to the playoffs, guess what? Shohei Otani signing with the Dodgers. He's tired of not going to the playoffs. So if you're the Angels, you have to be okay with the worst-case scenario, and it appears they are. Greg, with Shohei off the market and Giolito going over there to the Angels, how much does that increase the value of Jordan Montgomery and Jack Flaherty? It even looks like, of course, that that was likely Jack Flaherty's last start as a Cardinal. Where do you see Montgomery and Flaherty possibly being on the move to? Well, last night, my dear friend Dan Plesak said he believes the Dodgers are in the market for two starting pitchers. And if there is an organization that you want to do business with, it's the Los Angeles Dodgers. No team has more top 100 prospects that they can send your way for two starting pitchers. Now, I just 
looked at it and thought, okay, maybe it's the, the White Sox against the Cardinals. Which which pitchers would you want? With Dylan Cease dangling out there, right? I thought, man, Giolito and Cease probably trump Flaherty and Montgomery. If you were going to make a monster move and, and get two-fifths of your rotation in one deal, I would lean towards White Sox because Cease is just an X-factor, right? But now with Giolito gone, if you're going to go Cease and Lance Lynn, even though Lance Lynn's K per nine is at a career high 10.9, he's serving up home runs and his ERA is way over six. I think, I think that this deal last night with the Angels helped the Cardinals get what they need, and that is to trade both guys to the same team. Because if you deal Flaherty, a California guy, and Jordan Montgomery, who did what last year, prove that he could be traded away and flourish in a new uniform, I think this is all lining up for the Dodgers to make a deal with the St. Louis Cardinals. Keep in mind, they traded away Noah Syndergaard in one of the weirdest trades I've ever heard. <laughs> Noah Syndergaard, who can't get anybody out, one and four, ERA over seven for a mid-Rosario, who might not be an all-star, but he's playing shortstop every day for a team that technically is still in it in the AL Central. Made no sense. So they just got rid of one of their scrap heap uh, starters. They need starting pitching. I think this helped the Cardinals. I think Flaherty and Montgomery to the Dodgers is looking more and more realistic. If it's not the Dodgers, is there? do you have confidence that the Cardinals can get something in return for those two? I mean, it, to me, it's one of the hardest things. You're trading two pitchers away, but you need pitching depth. So how do you manage that when you're when you're clearly going to get those guys on the market at some point? Oh, look, we, we, we divided up the pitchers that are available in trade market into pitch-to-contact guys, Marcus Stroman, Kyle Hendricks, guys like that, Jordan Montgomery. I look at I look at a strikeout guy, someone who averages a strikeout per inning, right? That stuff plays in the postseason. That's why I still believe Lance Lynn has value to someone because his strikeouts are up. Now, why, why would you say a guy with an ERA over six is adding value to a team? What do we see in postseason play? Yeah, you got your game one starter. He's going to go deep. You get your game two starter. He's going to go deep. But game three and four, your starters are going three or four innings, and they're handing it over to the bullpen. If Lance Lynn knows he's only going to go three or four innings, and he's max effort, you're going to get a guy who's going to get swing and miss. They value that more than anything in the postseason is swing and miss. I don't know if Marcus Stroman is as coveted as people say he is. I think there's one team that I would target for Stroman, and that's the Houston Astros. I think Dusty Baker would love managing the the, the aura of Marcus Stroman, his confidence, and and, and he's not going to be a game one, game two guy. So it fits because he's pitched to contact. Jordan Montgomery, just like I said, proved he's comfortable changing uniforms. Did it last year, and he flourished. Jack Flaherty, to me, is now with Giolito gone. I still don't believe Dylan Cease is available. I still don't think that. I think Jack Flaherty becomes one of the top three starters available because even though his caper nine is down, he's normally a 10 of a, or above strikeout guy. I think his stuff still looks good. I think teams wouldn't be shy of giving him the ball in a game two of a postseason series. So I think that adds insane value. So if it's not the Dodgers and you split these guys up, you're going to trade both of them, and you're going to get value. Uh, I just think Flaherty is still considered a top three pitcher available now with Giolito off the board. Greg, with Otani off the market, you look back, last year Soto got traded, the year before that Scherzer and Turner got traded in the same deal. We've had Machado get traded on trade deadline day. I really don't see a, a deal on the horizon or a name on the horizon that gets moved that takes our breath away. Do you see one? 
Ooh, see, I, I, I kind of think anything could happen with the San Diego Padres. I really think anything could happen. AJ Preller loves attention. It's like if you took Greg Amsinger and made him a GM, it would probably be AJ Preller. You just, you know, he loves people buzzing about him, right? And I don't see him sitting on his hands either way. If they're clearly a buyer, they're within striking distance, and he somehow says the same thing to the poor owner of the Padres. Hey, Mr. Seidler, I know I've said this to you before, but this is the missing piece. Trust me this time. I know I've said this 34 times, but this guy (laughs) is going to put us over the top. If we can convince him again into believing that, then maybe there'll be buyers. But I think right now they're under 500. They're not even, I think, what are they, five games under 500? Uh, If they're like seven or eight under 500, and we all know they're not a buyer, I don't believe A.J. Preller is going to sit there quietly when everyone else is getting talked about. I think Juan Soto could be in play. I think I truly believe if they decide to sell with one year left to Juan Soto, I could could see Juan Soto being traded again. And and either way, you you asked me about a player, I'm just going to give you the name of a GM. A.J. Preller will be the most interesting person. Either way, on deadline day, if the Padres decide to sell or buy. I love this. All right, one more thing, and this is an unpopular opinion among most sports fans, I think, but I believe that the sport of baseball is better under Rob Manfred. Has he made some missteps in terms of PR? Yes, and he's your boss, but he he gets a new contract from baseball. I think baseball is in a better place right now than it was the day Rob Manfred took over. 1,000%. Now, I know people are probably rolling their eyes because they think I'm biased, right? Baseball, when I jumped into it, had Bud Selig as the commissioner, and baseball took baby steps to keep up with the times. It was the last sport to the party. just was. Everything in our society was going faster, and baseball wanted to be true to its past, and it was walking in mud. Well, to have a commissioner come in and change a game that has so many purists who are ready to yell at you and glare at you and say, boo, at a draft, which is so dumb, by the way. (laughs) All of you fans who would ever see a human being and get excited to boo, oh, man, I hope I don't ever cross paths with you. Anyway, my point is this. I think you needed a guy who was okay being yelled at, was okay not being popular. Rod Manfred has been a lifelong negotiator. When he walks out of a room, no one in that room likes him because he's been going back and forth negotiating against them. He's a, I, I believe his mom and dad probably scowled at him while he ate his cereal when he was a kid. <laughs> he's used to this. You needed someone with thick skin to walk in and change baseball at the level he changed it. We might look back in 40, 50 years, I mean, if we're still upright, and and believe that Rod Manfred was the more tra- most transformative commissioner of all time. And let me just Keep this in mind. In the next four years, we're going to see even more monumental changes in the game. The ball strike challenge is going to add such an amazing wrinkle to the sport, and that's coming. Trust me. And then you're going to have expansion. There will be two more teams, two more cities that will have a Major League Baseball team. Rob Manfred's going to be doing all of this. He isn't afraid of change. And for baseball to get back the momentum that we've gotten lately, we needed someone who would wear it. He wears the unpopularity of change in a sport that hated change. So Rob Manfred's good for the game. 
Very well said, Greg Amzinger. We always love hearing you. What do you got? To, you, you had the great Hall of Fame weekend. You, you had the draft. You have any uh, other big events coming up the rest of the summer before we get to the playoffs? Yeah, I get to unpack boxes in my house. Oh, good. good. Uh, yeah, I haven't been able to help unpack. So my poor wife's just talking about glaring at you like, uh, ready to boo me? She's booing me <laughs> as I walk to the bathroom. <laughs> so I got to unpack. I got to start I gotta start carrying my own load here in my house. So, uh, yeah, if I just get like a free, if I get one day, which I don't know if I have a day coming up, but if I do, I'm unpacking boxes. That's my life. All right, Greg, always great to have you. Always good to talk to you. Thank you, sir, and we will talk to you soon. All right, take care, guys. See you, big boy. That is Greg Amzinger, MLB Network on 101 ESPN. You guys, uh, thumbs up, thumbs down, some thumbs sideways on Rob Manfred. I, I am thumbs up because I think the things eh. this year, the, the yeah. changes this year over, to me, override the negatives of calling the commissioner's trophy a hunk of metal or dealing with the, and, you know, not <laughs> giving the, the Astros players the immunity so that they could uh, get to the bottom of that cheating scandal. And yeah, I'll do thumbs up. I think they are transitioning into a better game. They, they are, there are still some things we talked about earlier, cameras, more cameras mm-hmm. to make the correct calls. Eventually the ball strike uh, won't be an issue. That is important. But I, I would give a thumbs up because I think the game has sped up, obviously, with the change of place, the change of rules. It's been uh, been been a better brand of baseball. I would like to see more of the stars being um, known and marketed. and marketed better. Yes. Yeah, I agree. I think marketing your stars a little bit better. And other than that, I've liked the rules a lot this year. The pitch clock at first, I didn't know how to feel about it, but it's made the games go by a little bit faster and a little more interesting too. So I'm good with it. I'm interested too, to see how things transition when it comes to streaming, which they're not the only sport dealing with this, right? Handling the blackouts. How is this going to be more accessible to everybody? I'm interested to see how they handle that moving forward. That's Brooke. That's Carrie. I'm Randy. We've got Take It or Leave It coming up. Text in 314-399-9646. 314-399-YOHO. Get your text in for Take It or Leave It now on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. It's time for Take It or Leave It. Want to say something? Want to put it out there? If you like it, you can take it. If you don't, send it right back. Get your text in to 314-399-9646. And give us your Take It or Leave It. Brought to you by Gloria Lou Realty. Visit GloriaHasTheBuyers.com and start packing. That's my final author. Take it or leave it. Quick note before we get to Teoli, we talked earlier about the Jets running back situation and Dalvin Cook being out there and Rich Simini of ESPN reporting that Dalvin Cook is visiting the Jets today and uh, it would not be a surprise if they would sign him by the, by the end of the day. They just saved some money. Miami Dolphins should have uh, <laughs> jumped should've on jumped it sooner. In. Okay, I'm going to, uh, with my take it or leave it, I'm going to leave it before I start the question. Oh, okay. But uh, Brooke is off tomorrow because okay. she's going to Nashville to pick out a wedding dress. Okay. So uh, Matthew and uh, and Brooke and Carrie, uh, take it or leave it, Brooke Grimsley has it in her <laughs> to be a bridezilla. Oh. oh. I, 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 Brooke, oh. I like how you already yeah. said this. Hey. I like how you already said hey. you're going to leave it. So you try, you're like, I don't know how this is going to go. Lady, I think you're just too nice. Uh, Brady, who needs a 200-mile dress? To, uh, my, who needs a 200-mile drive to buy a dress? There's stores here in St. Louis, aren't there? Because my parents, my mom Brooke, is back yeah. in, in Nashville, so I want to spend time with her. I love you. 
I'm going to be praying for David, dear baby Jesus. I pray that David is, is comforted in this time. He's, he's safe and secure from oh all my gosh. anger. Brooke, you're going to be amazing. Yes. But you will be beautiful on that day. I feel, but however, I feel like it might be a little Why? bit. Why? What have I given you? Brooke, you are. You, you think that? I, you are, put you on the spot right now. I, I, what I've learned about you is you are. You are uh, a perfectionist. You like things to be the right way. You don't yeah. want it to be wrong. And then if it's not correct, Brookie will become <laughs> Brooke, the Grim Reaper. Oh. And somebody oh. is going to feel the pain. Okay, you might be right about some things. You might be right about some things. Because I do. I, I'm a very type A personality. Yes. I feel like a lot of us in the media biz are that way, where we are very structure we like things to go a certain way and you know very detail oriented and i'm very much that person i'm actually i feel like i've been pretty chill thus far um, i, I the, the thing is is we've been engaged for a while we had covid happen and then just a lot of other things family wise and so we've been kind of putting this off we were even considering elopement but it's our family that wants to have yeah. this mm. i don't have any expectations really going into it and that's what i told you guys yeah. is i think some people maybe just make the, this huge thing in their head right mm. and so it's always everything's going to fall short of those expectations i'm just going in and just trying to be <laughs> tim griefer <laughs> tim, tim griefer is who's trying to <laughs> I think I'm, I'm doing my best because I do not want to be a bridezilla. I did love that show, though. That was oh, a very interesting show. I didn't realize until just now that oh. when you spell out Greeper, it just is, it's just G Reaper. Yeah. Oh, that's so perfect. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, and by the way, and this may or may not apply to uh, Brooks' forthcoming nuptials. Pro tip, though, for uh, wedding planners, plan to show up at the wedding. That's something. That's important. That's, a, that's been an experience. I don't know. I, I'll, I'll, I'll kind of break away from that. <laughs> kind, of an, kind of an important thing. So I don't. I don't know if you all saw this. Uh, the Diamond, the Rangers, and the Astros played yesterday, and Adolis Garcia hit a 448 foot shot. Who? Adolis Garcia. Never heard of him. He sounds he's, familiar. He's, he, he was no. Don't worry about it. So <laughs> <laughs> it took him thirty seconds to get oh, around boy. the bases to home plate. Seth Martinez, the pitcher who gave up that shot, pitched one inning, gave up six hits and seven earned runs. Take it or leave it. He was just trying to give Seth some time to get a break. <laughs> Take it. Yeah. <laughs> he was just looking out for you. Nice for the, he was trying. Guy. You needed some time oh, to rest. Gosh. <laughs> to decompress out there. <laughs> Yeah. 30 yeah. seconds. Yeah. And now you want to get mad. If you don't like it, don't throw the pitch, brother. Right, right. right. The hell you mad at? Yeah. I love that. I love that. Um, I could go a million different directions with this, but take it. <laughs> I did I did like this one. Maybe I'm just gonna go off of what this person said because this one was really funny. Take it or leave it. Brooke says no yep. to David yep. if he works a week back into his vows. I will that's when Bright Silla would come out. I would be turning around that aisle. Now all I want, all I want is like during the reception, him to be like, oh, 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 oh I, pulled, I pulled some. Somebody be like, David, what's wrong there? I, I think I got a week back. How long? Oh. How about a week back? I will literally <laughs> leave runaway bride style. Yeah. So, <laughs> oh, so the officiant of this upcoming wedding, get in on 
such malfeasance. No, I would hope. I would hope not. Okay. I would hope not. Maybe, well, don't maybe, do it, David. maybe that's my one stipulation I need to make very don't clear. Don't do it. Don't look back, Jeff. All right. Uh, what do we got on the text line? Take it or leave it. At the deadline, Mo should work on deepening our farm system rather than acquiring players to improve the 2024 team. Leave it. Leave it. Yeah. Yeah. 2024 is where it's at. More years left. You can't have two bad years in a row. No. And you're, you're exactly. You've only got two years <laughs> left. Don't, don't leave the good players for somebody else. Please don't. Don't do. <laughs> I, mean, I was talking to a general manager one time who signed a player to a long-term contract. I said, man, that's a long time. He said, yeah, that's for the next guy. <laughs> <laughs> Take it or leave it. Tyler O'Neill doesn't get traded at the deadline and ends the year on the IL, crushing his offseason trade value in the process. Oh, there's oh, a lot. Yeah. There's a lot to wow. that. I want to leave it because I don't want him to go back. He's been on the IL enough. With what? A week back. How long did he have yeah, that? About a week back. <laughs> I'm exiting the building. I am exiting the building. No. No. Uh, No, he will. Uh, Man, I get so concerned when he runs hard because... (laughs) It's the opposite of what Ollie wanted. Yeah, I just think something's going to happen, and I feel bad for the guy. He's running to the second on that double. I was hoping he wasn't going to try to go to third. They need to study him, right? Yes. What is it, you think? I don't know. <laughs> Do you have any ideas? No. Well, here's a big vegetarian. Thing. Well, is he? He's a vegetarian. Ain't no way. Tyler O'Neill? Has no, he's always, not. Hasn't always been the thing that he's like vegetarian or vegan? No, he's or not. Does he have protein in him? I know Ryan O'Reilly was a vegetarian. I'm getting confused. I thought O'Neill. I thought yeah. O'Neill was for a long time though. No, O'Reilly uh, definitely was vegan, vegetarian. Is there, so uh, T.O. needs to, if he is, he needs to go to Woofies. And he needs to, like, load up on a hot dog and fries and just get the greasiest meal that he can have. And um, maybe a, a cold Budweiser. So in 2020, Tyler O'Neill described his diet as flexitarian. flexitarian. He says it's a cheated version of vegan. Honestly, I'm eating vegan nine times out of ten. Okay, well, that's cool. Oh. So I, I, I was, oh. yeah, I was wanting to see more know, Did you know I do flexitarian? Like... <laughs> <laughs> I love that term. I, I love I that too. term. So, like, um, and it's not, maybe it's like seven times out of ten where I'll have a ribeye or a, a burger, uh, and then the other seven I have like a, uh, a Reese's peanut butter cup, which has no meat in it whatsoever. Flexibility. Okay. I want It sounds very pompous, and just to be like, yeah, I'm a flexitarian. Is that restaurant good for flexitarians? <laughs> you have to make sure because I'm a flexitarian. That's the best, and you you can just pick your own type of flexitarian. Yeah, I yeah. think you can so, get away with it yeah. more when the answer is, well, I'm vegan nine times out of ten. So oh, okay. 30, 30 meals in ten days. Yeah, I'm a flexitarian. You know, one out of every 30, I have <laughs> a, a vegan meal. Yeah. <laughs> I ate some asparagus last night. I'm a flexitarian. Yeah, there you go. Uh, take it or leave it. Jack makes his next start, next start for a California team. Take it. No. Giants are, When are we going to get any news? I am so yeah. ready. We, I mean, I'm we've been so talking ready. about this yeah. for about a month now. It'll probably be when I'm <laughs> out of here on Monday. <laughs> oh, Normally, man. when I am out is when big things happen. Oh, man. 
<laughs> we had like two years in a row. There, one time I'm down in uh, in spring training in Arizona with Patrick, and they, that's when the Rams traded Sam Bradford to Philadelphia for Nick Foles. So they called oh. me and had me on the show. It's, so yeah, that happens a lot where I'm I'm out and some. And it, Monday the, the deadline is Tuesday, so Monday is going to be a logical day for me to be out. Uh, take it or leave it. You guys are trying to struggle on your week back jokes. Yesterday you got the first one at seven thirty seven. Today seven fifty seven. Yeah. No, take it. Yeah. Take it. We got work to do tomorrow when Brooke is out. We, <laughs> you you guys would think that with as much practice as you had. Yeah. There well, should the be no struggle. It was the, you know, the practice. They, they had the ones. Yeah, we'll, we'll, do, we'll go quantity today. <laughs> we'll take care of everybody. Thank you, Matthew. Thank you, Randy. And thank you very much for your texts. We do appreciate them. Hey, what happens if Mo doesn't change his M.O. and doesn't get a number one starter? That's next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. A fresh perspective on the day's top stories. It's the opening drive's fresh take. Brought to you by Schnucks Rewards. Reward yourself. Earn 2% back on every purchase with the Schnucks Rewards app. Cardinals have had a lot of success over a lot of years, and they've made a lot of good, smart moves. So I don't think Mo is the type of guy who's going to go out there and take huge risks on huge money uh, in that in that sense. I, I think it's it's more you, you it better be a little bit more prudent and go a little bit more after uh, you know let's say a little bit more of a uh, middle ground per se because. Once you make those big moves and you spend that big money, you, you you could put yourself into a big hole. That's former Tigers general manager Al Avila with BK and Ferrario the other day here on 101 ESPN. Brooke, Carey, and Randy. And guys, if the Cardinals do go out and sign a free agent number one starter, and in my opinion, there's really only one out there this year, and that's Aaron Nola. If they would do that, they would be playing to the masses more than doing the responsible thing. And the reason I say that, and I I get that people want the Cardinals to spend more money and to get a big money starting pitcher. But I think there's two things to look at here. The top four records in Major League Baseball right now, Braves, Orioles, Rays, and Dodgers. None of those franchises have a big money free agent starting pitcher. Obviously, the Dodgers have kept Clayton Kershaw around. The Braves gave Strider big money, but it, they're they're big guys. They're, they've got Charlie Morton, who's not a big money free agent. Uh, Baltimore doesn't have a big money free agent. They have Kyle Gibson, and he's been solid for them, but far from big money. The Rays don't have a big money free agent, and the Dodgers don't. Then you look at the guys that are the highest paid free agent pitchers. Max Scherzer, Justin Verlander, Jacob deGrom, Garrett Cole, Steven Strasburg. Uh, at the moment, uh, you, you have to go all the way down to uh, the next free agent. Boy, you, you really have to go down. CeCe Sabathia made big money, and he did win when he went to the Yankees in 09. My point being, I guess Marcus Stroman would be the next one. These guys are, are guys that their teams are actually considering trading the, the biggest money starting pitchers. So I'm wondering, if based on history, and history doesn't always portend the future, but I'm wondering if based on history, the Cardinals might take a different approach rather than giving a pitcher like Nola $30 million a year. So what would be the different approach? Because you're going to have to get pitching somewhere You've because who is your ace next season? You've, it's not going to be Miles Michaelis. No, it's not. You, you have to make trades, and that's where this comes in right now, what you're doing now through Tuesday, 
And if you can find a way to trade for a Dylan Cease during the offseason, if you can try it, find a way once the season is over and a guy like Glasnow or maybe even a Shane McClanahan becomes available, the Cardinals have to do what they've done in the past and they have to make a good deal for a pitcher. So do you think that the the trades of Jordan Montgomery and, and of Jack Flaherty could get them enough in return to where they can use those pieces to go get a a an and a day one starter, a, an ace for this starting rotation for next year. I don't think that they will. I don't think that the, the return for those two free agents will get you enough to, to get that number one starter. And that whatever it is, you're going to to get a number one starter. You're going to have to give up something that hurts you. That's the most concerning part for me, though, is the fact that we've talked about this starting rotation for 2024 all all. Eyes are looking towards 2024. We are mm-hmm. we are pretty much done with 2023 as far as the Cardinals making it into the playoffs and making a run. You're going to lose three starting pitchers right now. Then you have you that is Wainwright, that is Flaherty, that is Jordan Montgomery. Now you have Miles Michaelis and maybe Steven Matz. If you don't get anything in return, what are you looking at? You're 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 looking at a team that is pretty much in the same boat that they were in this year you're going to be looking for pitching and my main concern has been when you're trading starting pitching the i the the the, the notion that you're going to get starting pitching back is absurd because the reason that that team is getting starting pitching is because they need starting pitching if they had it they wouldn't need it and the cardinals have put themselves in a position unfortunately for them where they're going to have to try to buck the trend by spending money you got to have that bird in the hand by getting a number 1 pitcher either through trade or free agency, but you're still going to have to fill out your staff with other free agents. And Mo has even admitted that he couldn't, he can't put together a starting rotation for 2024 without signing a free agent or two. But I'm just wondering if the best expenditure for the Cardinals is getting a NOLA, and maybe they're forced into getting a NOLA because free agency starts way before the trade season yes. does. So I, I'm a big advocate of having that bird in the hand. And you know what? Here's the thing. If you can sign a free agent and then trade for another number one, all the better, because pitching is what has plagued this team, and pitching, regardless of what happens with analytics and what has happened with three true outcomes, pitching is still how you win the World Series. It's why Houston won the World Series last year. It's why Atlanta won a couple of years ago. It's why the Dodgers won in 2020. It's Pitching is how you win in baseball, and it has been for more than 150 years and will be for the next 150 years. And this is why it's very interesting that you mentioned the tough position that they're in. We've talked about that. This is the situation that they have put themselves in where you need starting pitching. Starting pitching has been an issue, and I know that we looked at the bullpen, and we're talking about the 24 blown saves that they have had this season. That is not good as well, but I think a lot of that you can pinpoint back to the fact that the starting pitching is not able to give you quality starts, and that's been taxing the bullpen this season. And you're in a situation, too, where you have Adam Wainwright coming back. You are down a bullpen arm because you need somebody who's able to piggyback with him. There's a lot that's going on to this, uh, going on with this this season it's going to be interesting because you can't have too young of a starting pitching rotation either because what have we also heard from in general from this team about one of the things that they talk about their issues is that they think that this is just a very young group you couldn't necessarily say that about the pitching staff but with all this turnover and if it's going to be too many young pitchers coming in then you could say that and there's going to be a learning curve with that this is my concern. <clears throat> we go into the last season, into this season with Miles Michaelis, Jordan Montgomery, Jack Flaherty, Stephen Matz, and Adam Wainwright, the, and and we we have seen how this has turned out. 
potentially next season, you're looking at Miles Michaelis, McGreevy, Graceffo, Zach Thompson, Libertor. Do you have more confidence it. in that group than the group you just had this season? You nope. are going to repeat what took place this year if they do not go out and purchase and spend money on a free agent or Bingo. if they are unable to do anything at the trade deadline. You're going to be in the same boat. We have talked about pitching, pitching, pitching. It, it, it is the one thing that this Cardinals rotation needs the most. You would be better served if those four guys could spend time in the bullpen and work their way up to become starters so to as answer, opposed to having be starters opening day. To answer the question on the sheet, if Mo doesn't change his M.O. and doesn't get a free agent starter, can the Cardinals win? I don't think they can. I, do, I think they have to have a free agent starting pitcher. It would be beneficial to have a number one and roll the dice. But they cannot build a representative championship caliber starting rotation next year by having that list of names in their rotation to start next season. It won't work. No. It won't. And it's very interesting, too, because a lot that's happening that right now with the trade deadline can really dictate the value that the Cardinals are able to get back with Jordan Montgomery and Jack Flaherty. That's going to be very interesting to watch and what Mosellock is able to pull off. He's already stated publicly that they're going to change their pitching philosophy, which they should. We've talked about that for more swing and miss stuff. That's going to come at a high price because guess what? Everybody's looking for that right now. Nobody's looking for it necessarily pitch to contact. And it doesn't seem like the, the young guys that they anticipated having that sort of stuff are doing what they expect to do. We've we've seen enough of Libertor to know that, that he's probably not going to be a strikeout guy at the major league level. McGreevy wasn't drafted to be that guy. And Graceffo, who was supposed to turn into that guy this year, has only made 11 starts. And uh, he has, let me get you his totals, in, uh, in 16 innings in July, he has uh, 12 strikeouts. So he's not even a... And for the season... 50 strikeouts uh, for Gordon Graceffo. So in, in, it's just not enough. So 50 strikeouts in 46.1. He's not dominating. I'm sorry, 41 strikeouts in 46 and a third. He's Graceffo is not dominating at AAA this year. Uh, I will be at the Seidenstricker Nobi tent sale tomorrow at the St. Louis Premium Outlet parking lot in Chesterfield. I'll be there from noon to 2. It's the final weekend. Of Seidenstricker Noby Sizzlin' Summer Sales Event. Great savings and great financing available with easy on-the-spot application. Come out and talk to their John Deere sales professionals and find out the best equipment for your property. It really is cool to see it all. It's tomorrow from noon to 2 with me at the Seidenstricker Noby Partners Tent Sale in Chesterfield. Coming up, we've got our bird watch for you here on the opening drive on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. We're flying down to the field to give you the latest on your St. Louis Cardinals. This is Bird Watch on the Opening Drive. I'm a, I'm a trends guy, as you know, in Major League Baseball, and uh, I'm going to I'm going to start with a trend here, with my bird watch. And uh, as you know, I don't like all trends, so I I didn't like the fact that 88 percent of the time, or whatever it was, if you took 
Jose Quintana out of a game that the Cardinals were going to be able to protect that lead. Not not that kind of a trend thing. Oh, but no. kids, here's an interesting fun fact for you. Top five records in the National League as we speak today on July 27th, 2023. Top five records in the National League belong to the Braves, Dodgers, Brewers, Giants, and Phillies. Those are the top five records. The top five bullpen ERAs in the National League. Braves, Giants, Brewers, Phillies, and Padres. Four of the top five records have, and and the top four records, by the way, are in the top five in uh, bullpen ERA. Uh, top ERAs, Braves, Giants, Brewers, Phillies, Padres. And the top five records, Braves, Dodgers, Brewers, Giants, Phillies. The only one that has a good record without the ERA in the bullpen is the Dodgers. And the Padres are the only one that have the great bullpen ERA that isn't among the top five records in the National League. So... This Brook and Kerry should be simple, but it's part of it, even though the starting pitching, and we talked about this during the break, the starting pitching is a huge issue for the Cardinals. That was our last segment. But the bullpen can't be dismissed here. You need to have, if you're going to win, a really good bullpen and really good bullpen usage as well, defined roles in the bullpen. I'm not so sure the Cardinals Mm -hmm. have that. And they also need to have a more flexible bullpen where they can send guys out and bring young guys up. The bullpen is kind of a young man's game now, and the Cardinals have too many guys with too much experience that can't be or couldn't be sent down, and that's really hurt them this year. And don't you think, too, you mentioned this as well, is that the bullpen, though, is easier to piece together and mm-hmm. find those pieces no than it is with the starting rotation. Yeah. And if if you just go back and look, and I, I, well, I don't hate to bring this up all the time, but just go look at the good teams that Joe Madden had in Tampa and in Chicago and look at the names. First of all, look at the, the ranks of the bullpens, and then look at the names of the bullpens that mm. he had in there, there is no better guy at putting together a bullpen and putting people into roles that you wouldn't expect to succeed that do than Joe Madden. Yeah. And that's I, my bird watch. It, it, it has been. I agree wholeheartedly. It's just it's the pitching in general. And oh that's, my God. Where probably, my, yeah. that's where my numbers are going. So I'm looking at the Cardinals hitting, and they are sixth in hits in the majors, sixth in home runs in Major League mm-hmm. Baseball, 11th in RBIs, 8th in average, and 7th in OPS. They are top 10 in the main categories in terms of hitting in Major League Baseball, which leads me to believe that if you are that good as an offense, the reason that your record is 46 and 57 would have to be because of starting pitching, blown saves by the bullpen, and then blown saves by your closers and, 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 and relievers. It has been... All about the pitching, which is the main concern that I have had all season long. If you're going to trade away two pitchers, what are you going to get in return? Again, if I'm trading two guys to to the Dodgers for prospects, I would assume that those prospects aren't ready to play Major League Baseball right now. Otherwise, they would be pulled up for the Dodgers team and, and be their starting pitchers. So that's my concern. What are you going to get for this for this team in terms of the starting rotation in terms of the bullpen how do you get better when obviously you can hit the baseball top 10 in in most of those statistical categories is extremely good for this team 
the pitching has not been. And so how do you get better moving forward? And to that point, would you guys agree with me that if you're going to go out and do that, if you're going to get young pitchers that you want to ascend, you better have some pretty solid definition in developing those young pitchers. Yeah, Yeah. that's exactly what I was going to say. It's been just such a culmination of all those things that you're mentioning with pitching. The hitting has done its part. It's doing its part in a lot of different categories. You know, it's the pitching staff in general with the starters, especially in the first half of the season, we were talking about it. The starters, you know, giving up those huge leads just puts a lot on the offense. And then on top of that, too, your bullpen, the blown saves, 24 blown saves. In general, this pitching staff has underperformed. That's something they really have to change. It's not it's going to be more than just bring in new players, new faces. It's also something they're going to have to look at from a standpoint behind the scenes. Absolutely. My bird watch, and maybe it's kind of also a bird watch slash splat. That was beautiful. Thank you. you were that right on key. Can, well, can I record yours after this show? Those are really good. Thank you. That, that was absolutely beautiful. That was me doing a... Yeah. My bird watch slash splat is going to be Brendan Donovan. So Derek Gould of the Post-Dispatch put out an article last night discussing this about Brennan Donovan. We know that he's been dealing with an arm injury and it's very interesting to see how much this is affecting things because it came out in the article that he will not be playing a position anytime soon. The team has determined this week and means an extended engagement for Donovan as the designated hitter. Team officials are consulting with a specialist Donovan saw in Texas at the start of this road trip. They're still discussing treatment options for flexor tendon strain and persistent Existing inflammation in Donovan's right arm. Surgery is something that he's hoping will be a last case scenario. This is concerning to me because we know the value that Brendan Donovan brings, especially what he can do defensively. And we appreciate the hitting. But how much is this going to affect the Cardinals moving forward? Because the last thing I want to see is they wait too long and this turns into something more. Find out right now. Find out today, right? If he has to have surgery, get it done now. That's that's what I'm that's what I'm deeply concerned about is, okay and maybe possibly too he gets a surgery in November. He will start, you know, the season next year, possibly on the I.L. I mean, there's definitely going to be a pathway for him back. But whenever I hear that, the inflammation, he said that he doesn't feel it necessarily when he's hitting. It's when he's throwing. That concerns me. I mean, that that is concerning. You got Brendan Donovan hurt. You got Tommy Edmond hurt. You got. I mean, you, that may prevent them from being able to trade Paul DeYoung. Yep. I don't know what the the role is for Paul DeYoung when you have these injuries piling up for two guys that are capable of playing multiple positions in the infield and in the outfield. You got to – this is – I think this trade deadline has gone in the, the worst way yeah. possible for the Cardinals and for John Mose, like at this point, up until this point, because everyone that they think has value – is clearly not as valued by other teams. So you're not going to get the return on on the investment that you would like. And so now you're sitting here, well, do we just stand pat and try to figure it out? Do we try to keep these guys in-house? Or do we do we trade them off because we know they aren't going to resign next year for just anything in return? I, I don't know what this, this trade deadline is going to look like for the Cardinals. And I do think that that's partially why it has taken so long. Uh, one thing I've learned about the Cardinals in 2023 is always believe in Jose Fermin. Okay. Um, okay. Ferminator? Yep, the Ferminator. <laughs> All right. The Ferminator. And his eye black. I love it. Mm-hmm. Yep. So Wasn't if, the Ferminator created in St. Louis? It was, yeah. Yeah. So We if, have one. It's if great. If you have problems with 
Brendan Donovan's arm, or what's uh, Tommy Edmonds' injury? Uh, wrist. Oh, okay. Tommy you were hoping it was. I, was hoping. I could, I could, I could I was see you salivating over there, just hoping that it was going to be something else. But uh, hey, we, we've got the Furminator, and just have him. You you can trade DeYoung and still have. A oh, there's a there's a guy named Mason in the minors that's oh, supposed to be a winner. He's a winner. His last yep. name is Win. Yep. Now, so all he knows is how to do that. I'm good with that. I'm good with it too. All right. And you know what? We're we're trying to bail here. We aren't trying to win. We're trying to bail out. So <laughs> we can't even bail out properly. We can't. It's really difficult when you can't tank right. That's a problem. Yeah. It's hard to explain that to people though, who yeah. who are like, yeah, just get Aaron Nola trade for Max Scherzer, and you got to get a solid rotation next year. I like it. Yeah. I like it. We're always thinking. Yeah, it's not happening. Well, it's a solid rotation from be twenty. It's going to be a tough two years. We do right? need a psycho on this team, though. Somebody's, At least one. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You don't want. You don't want lots of psychos, but one, one <laughs> just two is my preference. Yeah, they they balance each other out. When you have one psycho, you he runs rampant. Yeah, but, but so if you, you have need, a, psych, yeah, you a psycho two. pitcher and a psycho position player, yeah, you need two they, because they they control each other. Yeah, and then they control sure. they can split the team in half and kind of go there. Like go their the way. idea. Hey, we need a fighter <laughs> for the fight. All you need to do is text in and uh, put the word fight next to your name and the text number 314-399-9646. 314-399-YO! The fight is next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Welcome to the For the opening drive, I'm Kerry Davis, joined by Brooke Grimsley, and it is time for the fight. And I've been called a few things in my life. I've been called Corey. I've been called Casey. Uh, I've been called Terry, Jerry, but never Karen. Thank you, Rock. First Karen. time for everything. I'm so That's sorry, buddy. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I wish we could have had it's the because I, I usually say I usually I, I figured oh. out that Brooke Carey Randy works better, but I said Randy, and then the N from Randy <laughs> carried into Carey, so it was Randy Karen. <laughs> that was hilarious. Right. Our fighter today is David. David, how are you doing? Good. How are you doing, Carrie? I'm doing wonderful. Are you ready to take on Randy Carricker? Yes. All right, here we go. The record for most pitcher wins in the 21st century is 24 in a season held by Randy Johnson in 20, in 2004. And who else in 2011? Is it CeCe Sabathia, Clayton Kershaw, or Justin Verlander? Um, you know, CeCe was really good that year. Um, I'm going to go with CeCe. In all of NFL history, there are only three running backs aged 30 or older to lead the league in rushing. Mary Motley in 1950, Curtis Martin in 2004, and who else? Adrian Peterson, Barry Sanders, or O.J. Simpson? Uh, Peterson. I'm going to go O.J. Prior to his six-year run at LSU, which SEC program did Ed Orgeron lead as head coach? Is it Ole Miss, South Carolina, or Mississippi State? Uh, so, uh, can you give me the options one more time? 
Ole Miss, South Carolina, Mississippi State. Go Mississippi State. Which lefty Hall of Famer holds the record for most shutouts by a starting pitcher during the live era with 63? Tom Glavin, Warren Spahn, or Tommy John? Uh, Glavin. All right, we will double-check the score, and we will bring in Randy Carricker. David, you got your uh, – is that your son or your daughter with you? Yeah. I, I got all three kids all with me. All three. Wow. wow. Tell them I, we said hello from the opening drive. <laughs> Karen says hi. Karen says hello, according to Rock. Rock Randy, Rock called me Karen, and I don't know how I feel about it. Karen, did. <laughs> oh, I don't know that uh, you're going to get past that one, big boy. <laughs> <laughs> Randy, say hello to David. He has his children with him. They are. Oh, yeah. They sound fantastic. What They're well-mannered. Yeah, David, uh, thank you very much for playing. And I hear one there. What, what are your children's names? Uh, my oldest is Evelyn, and I have a twin, Ruby and Brady. Awesome. Hey, wow. Brady, hi, and Evelyn, hello. And uh, congratulations to Dad for making it uh, to the fight, and we hope that you do well. Thanks for listening. Thanks for playing. <laughs> Thanks, Randy. All right, here we go. Okay. The record for most pitcher wins in the 21st century is 24 in a season held by Randy Johnson in 2004. And who else in 2011? 2011. And this is post-2000, right? 21st century. 21st century. Yes. Uh, 2011. (laughs) I think I am going to go with uh, Justin Verlander of the Tigers that year. I think I will. I think he might have won the MVP that year too. I think I will go with Justin Verlander. That's my guess. All right. In all of NFL history, there are only three running backs age 30 or older to lead the league in rushing. Marion Motley in 1950, Curtis Martin 2004, and who else? Curtis Martin in 04. I, I'm thinking that Adrian Peterson might have done it. Had a lot of years that he played after the age of 30. Um, but just in case, I'll do the lifeline, Brooke. Okay. Adrian Peterson, mm-hmm. Barry Sanders, or O.J. Simpson? Hmm. Well, um... Uh, I think right away we're going to have to cut Barry Sanders from this list because he retired. Um, Adrian Peterson was a slashing runner for a long time. Um, you know, and then uh, OJ was just so competitive. He'd slit your throat. Uh, oh. Uh, so I, I think I'm... What? Why are you guys all laughing and putting your head down? I was reading, so I had to put my head down so I could get closer to my paper. I think I will go with Adrian Peterson here. Uh, he was, that's a pretty sharp guess, I think. If it, if the glove fits. Oh, I mean. my goodness. <laughs> what? <laughs> what are we doing here? What? Oh, okay. Prior to his six-year run at LSU, <laughs> Adrian Peterson. Okay. Prior to his six-year run at LSU, which SEC program did Ed Orgeron lead as the head coach? Ole Miss. <laughs> which lefty Hall of Famer holds the record for most shutouts by a starting pitcher during the live era with sixty-three? Hmm. Live ball era shutouts. So this would mean that we'd have to, we, we can't include our buddy. Well, he's not really our buddy, but uh, we can't include 
Walter Johnson, I don't think, because he was old-timey. Um, I believe... I can't use Cy Young either because he's old-timey. I think I'm going to have to go with um, 373 wins. Left-handed. Braves. Pretty good. Uh, and definitely not as old-timey because he pitched in the 60s. 70s, I think. In the 50s. 50s and 60s. I am going to go with a former Braves left-hander Warren Spahn as my guy. He had a bunch. I'll go with him. Randy, do you have like a, a pamphlet that you study? <laughs> like, I, I'm, I'm wondering, like, is there a, a, a book of notable statistics that you, you no, just crack out just, once a week to refresh your memory? I was telling a friend yesterday, it's a, <laughs> it's a one thing that I can do. It's, I mean, it's, it's really the only, so I know what it was. I was, uh, as I am pretty much every day, by the way, 60 cent drinks today over at Mobile on the Run. But uh, one of the people there said, I don't like to talk to you about sports because you talk about sports all the time. It's all I can talk about. Come on, I have nothing else going on. I'm a loser. Well, Randy, I mean, you don't have a thing that you study, but maybe you should have. Ring that bell. Go crazy, folks. Go crazy. The winner and still champion of the fight, Randy Carriker. The fight is presented by Golf Discounters St. Louis with the most experienced club fitters in town. Why shop anywhere else? Just win, David. I hit the wrong button. Hit the wrong button. Kids are in the car. David, I'm sorry, Randy Carriker. Randy Carriker took you down today. You heard Jack Buck. He got all four correct in today's fight. Uh, you know what? I blame the kids. There you go. There you go. Let's go through those answers. The record for the most pitcher wins in the 21st century is 24. It's Randy Johnson, 2004, and Justin Verlander in 2011. In all of NFL history, there are only three running back aged 30 or older to lead the league in rushing. It's Marion Motley in 1950, then a 54-year break before Curtis Martin does it in 2004, and then Adrian Peterson would do it uh, about a decade later. I, I really had no idea. I thought I'd just take a stab at it. Oh, Randy. <laughs> uh, of course, Barry Sanders was 29 when he did it. O.J. Simpson, one of the few 28-year-olds to ever lead the league in rushing. Prior to a six-year run at LSU, it was, in fact, Ole Miss where Ed Orgeron was the head coach, and which lefty Hall of Famer holds the record for most shutouts by a starting pitcher during the live era with 63. It is, in fact, the lefty with the most wins in the live era in all-time in Major League Baseball. Warren Spahn, a 4-0 win for Randy Carricker in today's fight. David, thank you so much for joining the fight today and joining the show. Oh, he dropped already. Oh, he's got kids. Good to job, care. David. He's busy. You're listening. Tell your kids shout out. Are you guys? Are you? I just get the sense from the expressions on your face that you just did not like my cutting humor. I just wanted to see what was going on on the text line. Well, because you said he was. He really sliced through things, and I was. I used that as the commentary on like how he always ran with those super high knees that people thought was gonna like get him taken out in the yeah. NFL, mm-hmm. and then you had just you just you. Yeah. You slipped it in there by the razor's edge. Oh, my goodness. You guys are. Uh, yes, I yes. mean. Interesting. <laughs> that's intriguing. So that's the fight on 101 ESPN. Good job, Randy. Thank you very much. Hey, next up, Greg Amsinger has a team that the Cardinals are going to deal with by the deadline. And we're going to tell you who it is next on 101 ESPN. Your 
back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Last night, my dear friend Dan Plesak said he believes the Dodgers are in the market for two starting pitchers. And if there is an organization that you want to do business with, it's the Los Angeles Dodgers. No team has more top 100 prospects that they can send your way for two starting pitchers. Now, I just looked at it and thought, okay, maybe it's the, the White Sox against the Cardinals. This deal last night with the Angels helped the Cardinals get what they need, and that is to trade both guys to the same team. Because if you deal Flaherty, a California guy, and Jordan Montgomery, who did what last year, prove that he could be traded away and flourish in a new uniform, I think this is all lining up for the Dodgers to make a deal with the St. Louis Cardinals. That's Greg Amsinger of MLB Network, their lead anchor, earlier today here on 101 ESPN. And it does seem to be a fit. If indeed the Dodgers want two veteran starting pitchers, then it would make sense with all of the near major league ready prospects that they have, it would make sense for the Dodgers to make a move like that. Now, are they going to give up their top prospects? Here's my biggest question. Are the Dodgers going to give up their top prospects to go get Flaherty and Montgomery this year when we all know that they're going after Shohei Otani after this season. So they would lose those two and they would get Otani, but they would have to give up prospects. They would have to count on Walker Bueller and Dustin May coming back and being healthy if they were going to give up a Bobby Miller and Emmett Sheehan, uh, Gavin Stone. They have some really good young major league ready pitching prospects. But my question is, do they want to keep those guys around because they'll need them because Otani is going to be there and take up so much money? That's why I was a little surprised when he said both Jordan Montgomery and Jack Flaherty to the Dodgers. I think for Jack Flaherty, obviously that's somewhere he would love to go. But there also have been a lot of reports of Jack Flaherty being tied to the Yankees and a possible package with Dylan Carlson. Also, the Yankees are in need of a catcher right now. So the Cardinals maybe, have one. Oh. They have several. They, they got a no. He's a DH, Randy. Oh, but for the Yankees. Oh, okay. Okay. So there's no can. way that they would deal Wilson Contreras to the Yankees, right? You think the really? Yankees would take that on? The Yankees paid Jacoby Ellsbury about thirty million dollars a year to not play for them for four years. <laughs> Yankees, if there's a team that could afford it, first of all, they would use him down the stretch. Second of all. And I'm not suggesting that this is going to happen, but I'm I'm just saying that if there's a team that could take it on and maybe even enhance Wilson Contreras' abilities, it might be the Yankees. They, they could would... certainly afford it. They need it because uh, their catcher, Trevino, is out for the year. Yes, they, so, need, they need a catcher. So they, they need a big league catcher. Now, they're... Right now, they're on the outside looking in of the of the playoffs. But I would think that if the Yankees were going to, if the Yankees were going for it this year, that that might be something that they would be intrigued by. Now, that might also reduce what you get back from the Yankees yes. if they have to take on the Wilson Contreras contract. Yes, and it just depends on where you stand with them. But going back to Jack Flaherty, figuring out the good fit for him, I could see the Dodgers with them working out, but that does concern me. How full in are they with Shohei Otani? Where are they even considering a trade like this? Even though it, it could be just a rental. 
that's my yeah. Because you have that's to get something good in return yeah. for those two. Here's my question: If you're the Dodgers and you are signing Jack Flaherty, or you're trading for Jack Flaherty and Jordan Montgomery, as as Greg mentioned earlier, as a possibility, you're clearly going to lose some of those prospects. Those guys are not under contract for 2024. My question is, what are you getting in return if they are willing to give up these start these these prospects for two guys that may or may not be on their roster in 2024? What does that tell you? I think that gives you a, a, a sign that, yeah, they want to win a championship, but they also believe that maybe those guys aren't as valuable as right. we if may they, think it, they are. If they're willing to let pitchers go in in hopes of holding on to a guy for a couple of months with a chance to win a championship, but no future, nothing in, in terms of what's going to happen in the future, that gives me a sign that maybe they're not as valuable as, they're, as we're being led to believe. Great point. And Greg mentioned the value of Jack Flaherty and maybe how it's somewhat being underestimated. Jordan Montgomery, of course, is a name that a lot of people are going to be looking at now that you have Shohei completely off the market and then Giolito getting moved to the Angels. What I think is really tough, because with the Jack Flaherty situation, I don't want to see anybody go. I don't want to see Jordan. I'm agree with you, CD. I don't want to see Jordan Montgomery go. I don't want to see Jack Flaherty go. But it's the reality of the situation. And especially with Jack Flaherty, losing another essential homegrown arm is tough to swallow. Seeing another mm-hmm. one go elsewhere. But that being said, if you can get some guys that the Dodgers have developed, if you look historically, Dustin May has really good stuff. Clayton Kershaw has obviously been great. Urias, who's going to be a free agent, is great. But by the way, both Kershaw and Urias are free agents after this year, too. So that's another thing that the Dodgers have to look at. Further let you know that if they're letting those prospects walk out the door, why? Well, and they're obviously counting on May and Walker Bueller coming back and, and being a part of that franchise. I I have no idea what this would look like if the Cardinals would make a deal with the Dodgers. I really, I can't even venture a guess because I don't know what the Dodgers' goals are. They clearly, if, if they go out and get Montgomery and Flaherty, they think they can win the World Series this year. But they also, like every other franchise... They have to look towards next year. And all those people that have been saying, hey, the Cardinals' return might not be what they think it's going to be or what their fans think it's going to be, that's probably a pretty accurate statement. Especially with pitchers, you never know what you're going to get with them. But Mm -hmm. the value is so high and it's so needed. And you're talking about, okay, you bring in those young prospects. Do you worry about how they will be developed and evaluated here? That is a real concern because how much we've been talking about in the past couple segments. The pitching staff in general has been a giant concern for the Cardinals this season, and you wonder where it all went wrong. Yeah. It's, it's, It's a mess. It really is. The problem for me is it won't be rectified at the deadline and possibly no. not in free agency. So when does it get corrected? If you have pitching to. issues, you need pitchers. You don't need to be trading pitchers. You need to be signing pitchers. So how do you fix that? If you're going to get prospects in return, if you it's a lot of ifs. Mm-hmm. You don't know what these guys in the in the minors have. You don't know what they have in comparison to what they would be in the in the major leagues. You thought Matthew Libertor was going to going to be great based on what he did in AAA. He came up here, had one great start, and then it just kind of tailed off after that. You don't know what McGreevy is going to give you. You don't know what Graceffo is going to give you. Zach Thompson, you haven't seen enough. You have no clue. Dakota Hudson, we are still waiting on these guys to show us that they can be 
the the guys that they that we have been told that they can be. And, I think and we Dakota's don't know. ship has sailed. <laughs> so, I, I mean, if I'm being completely honest, I don't want to write it, him off just yet. But yeah. I, I, you don't know. I mean, it's it's hard. But it's a lot of the same. What you're mentioning, it's a lot of the same guy, right? Yes. A lot of guys where you're they're not at the top of your rotation. It's a lot of the same guys over and over again, and that's a testament to what their pitching philosophy has been, and it needs to change moving forward. Okay, one more question. Brooke, I already know your answer. So, CD, I'm going to ask you. Uh, Walker Bueller has had two Tommy John surgeries. He's going to be a free agent after next year. Do you give up those guys for at least one year of Walker Bueller, who may or may not come back healthy? No. I do. I don't. Yep. I and mean, I, and what's the difference? In, if you feel that way, then then you could say the same thing about uh, Tyler O'Neill. He he's often injured. He's a great player when healthy, but you don't trust him enough to stay healthy. So it's it's when you have guys that are injured, when you have guys that are 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 young and haven't shown it at the major league level, that is a scary uh, idea for me because I I need guys that I know are healthy, have done it consistently, and are willing to and are able to help you be champions going forward. And I think the Cardinals are in a position where they need to roll the dice. I'd rather I'd rather take my chances on a guy who's been a top 10 Cy Young Award guy who's come, coming off an injury than a guy who's been a so-so minor league pitcher. Tyler O'Neill has been a top 10 MVP candidate. But, but I, I need a number been, one pitcher. I got outfielders. I'm just, I, I'm just giving you the comparison, though. Yeah. Like if, if, you're, if that's the mindset, then you might as well keep Tyler O'Neill because of what his potential is when healthy. Well, I have a replacement for Tyler O'Neill. I have <laughs> nothing like Walker Bueller. <laughs> so, and by the way, why do, you, why do I already know your answer? Why is that? Because he's a Vandy guy. Yes, I, I I love my Vandy boys very much so. And I feel like Vandy boys fit well into the Cardinal system. It's very similar, very, very similar. How Dansby Swanson is not a Cardinal is beyond me. He's Coming up next on 101 ESPN, we've got our Rush Hour Reset. Stick around. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. It's time to recap the biggest sports stories of the day on the opening drive with a rush hour reset. Brought to you by Clubhouse Turf, your exclusive partner of Celebrity Greens. We're redefining private golf. Time for our Rush Hour Reset at 9.04. Your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Your St. Louis Cardinals are rolling. Boy, what what a series that they played in Arizona, taking two of three over the course of the the week. They win yesterday 11-7, and they hit five home runs. They got a couple from Nolan Gorman. This is his first in the second inning. Launched, deep right center field. That may be headed to the Oh, but was Nolan Gorman done? No, he wasn't. Cardinals get another home run, though, before Gorman would hit another. It was Paul Goldschmidt in the seventh. That is launched deep to left field. Goldie does it again in Phoenix. Another mammoth two-run homer. 417 feet, and the Cardinals have pulled away in the seventh. And Gorman says, oh, Goldie, 417 feet. Hold my beer. High in the air to center. Thomas on the run, still going. That ball is high off the wall. Another homer for Gorman. We're going to have to drag him kicking and screaming to the charter. What a day for 
for Gorman. <laughs> Gorman, 869 feet worth of homers. The Cardinals also got a homer from Newt, and Brooke is very happy about that. Nutty Neuters of Newt Nation. Pretty awesome. Very excited. And Andrew Kisner hit one out of the yard as well. Nice. And the Cardinals win it by a score of 11-7 to in what was perhaps the last start for Jack Flaherty as a member of the Cardinals. Five innings, eight hits, three runs all earned. He struck out four and walked two, 95 pitches. And even though he did give up the lead, he was not happy when he was removed from the game. <laughs> well, why, why would he be? He shouldn't have been. No, I mean, pitchers want to pitch, don't they? Yeah, I think they wanted pitchers. more opportunities. Yeah, they, they do. Yeah, well, there's that. Yeah, he mentioned in his post-game comments, too, that he felt like he... I think the realization is there that he realizes that he's going to be on the move, right? It Mm -hmm. seems like everything's indicating towards that. Even Bob Nightingale tweeting out that there's been no contract talks between Jack Flaherty and the Cardinals. And he said in his comments last night about how it was kind of affecting him. He was like, it's more like it's probably the last inning I got. Let's go out and do whatever we got to do. And then I tried a little bit too much. So that realization, that human element coming in for Jack, that this is probably the last time that he'll be wearing the Cardinals uniform. Right. And the Cardinals only nine and a half out in the wild card race right now. Oh, almost there. <laughs> I like you, you uh, that. Do you all think that they're having conversations with these players that are rumored to be on the move? Like, do you think Mosellock or anybody in that clubhouse is reaching out to them and saying, hey, here's what we're doing or here's what we're planning? Or do you think they're just like us, just sitting here waiting to I figure out what's happening? I think, I think a lot waiting. of them are waiting. That's unfortunate. Yep. And that's not how you do business. That's how it goes a lot of the time, so I feel like, it, it sadly. Should, if, you, if you have a plan in place, the communication aspect of it is the most important thing to an athlete. It doesn't matter what you tell us. You can tell us anything as long as you're upfront, honest. We learn how to process it. We may not agree. Process it, deal with it, and move on. And if you're not giving them any information, you will see guys frustrated because now you're, you're, you're toying with people's emotions and, and, and their emotional and their intellectual uh, uh, being, how they go about their day. Then that being the case, is it incumbent upon the player to tell the team that he's going to free agency and will not sign with them? Do you, does, does Flaherty duck into Mo, or Mo's office and, I think it's a mutual and say, conversation. Hey, I just want you to know I'm not coming back? I think it's a mutual conversation. I'm, I, I would assume that the Flaherty and Montgomery's agents have had conversations with John Mosellock and saying, hey, what are you thinking? Well, what are you thinking? Well, we're thinking if you don't reach this number, we're going to be free agents at the end of the season. Well, I'm thinking if you don't want this number, then we're probably going to trade you before the trade deadline ends. Those are conversations that have to have have to take place. And that's just the mature way to yeah. go about it. It's not it, the, the, the notion that we're going to hold our clo- cards close. To, you know, you have to talk to your players and have conversation. It's the human element. And, and I of think it. The, the players know that. I mean, for Mo to come out and say, we're going to trade players. Uh, again, I, I, I think agreed, the players know. Agreed. But he, who? Who are you referring to? Well, I don't. I there. So there's good and bad with that because I completely agree. The human element is a real thing. Jack mentioning, kind of revealing that last night about how it is affecting him and how it affected him in that moment where he's taking in that realization, taking it in that this is probably the last time I'm going to be playing for this organization. At the same time, with negotiations, those things are tough, right? Like they can't show all their cards at the same time. No. And and I I do get that, you know, having some of that clarification because in the past during that Juan Soto trade talks, 
Mo, in that case, did go to some of those players and say, mm-hmm. don't worry, you're not getting moved. Correct. Now, in that case, you're not revealing anything. But when it's definitely that somebody is about to be on the move, is about to be a free agent, that might be a different story. That is Well, let's uh, give you a couple more things. Number one, the USA and the Netherlands, USA women's soccer last night, plays to a 1-1 draw with the Netherlands yeah. on the pitch in New Zealand. Netherlands? Or Dutch? Uh, Ned? Dutch, Holland. There are only two things I can't stand in this world. People who are intolerant of other people's cultures and the Dutch. Cardinals in action tonight. They take on the Cubs in the opener of a four-game series. Only time Cubs are in town this year. Opener of a four-game series at the ballpark. And City SC is playing over at City Park against Club America, which is from Mexico, and that's a 9 o'clock start, and it's supposed to be like more than 90 degrees. 99 when the Cardinal game starts, more than 90 when the uh, the city game starts. Good Lord. It's going to be hot. That is hot. I've had multiple be like, I'm, people be like, I'm confused. Why is it? Why is a Mexican club called Club America? And it's like, come on now. Because it's North America? Exactly. Like it's the not, biggest club in North America. The United States of America. <laughs> the notion that there is only one country here in North America is, is telling. Uh, apparently, if a Canadian referred to themselves as a North American, people would freak it's telling. Out. It tells you everything you need to know. It's so damn hot. Milk was a bad choice. Yeah, it's going to be hot today. It's it is. So it's going to be still 90, news. 90 at kickoff time of 9 p.m.? Yes, sir. I don't That's understand. Awful. When the sun goes down, how is it not colder? <laughs> I'm not good at science. Somebody <laughs> explain this to me. I'm going to be so hot. It's called, well, we, we don't want to get into that. That's, I'm wearing shorts. That's politics, I'm wearing shorts. Yep. No, let's not. Yeah. I'm wearing shorts to work People tonight. I don't care what anybody says. Because it's not a real thing here, you know. Don't worry <laughs> about it. I'm doing it. I'm wearing yeah. shorts. I'm I also like that the earth is flat. It is. These are my favorites. Fall right off if you don't. Yeah. And you can see. You can That's see. That's why Russia it's hotter because the sun. Alaska. You know, yeah. <laughs> uh, did you guys remember, by the way, speaking of the Earth being flat? Speaking of the Earth being flat, <laughs> and Kyrie Irving is like the poster boy for flat earthers, right? Oh and, yeah. And maybe DeYoung. We don't know. No, DeYoung. DeYoung isn't too. Actual science. I think that Adam Wainwright may have said something about it, but I don't know if he was joking or not. I hope he was joking. But one time the A's were flying into (laughs) Chicago to play the White Sox, and Ricky Henderson (laughs) is looking out the window of the airplane. (laughs) Yes. And he says, Hey, what ocean is that? Stop. (laughs) No. Lake Michigan there. Oh, no. Yeah, that didn't happen. That happened. Yeah, did you did, did you guys hear the uh, the one about the union guy being in the uh, helming a meeting for the A's? He's talking about players because you get tenure when you get to ten years and and, they, <laughs> and uh, so the 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 player the players association guy is talking about all the benefits the the, the fact that you get the, the full pension and I think you get like medical for life and if you get tenure and Ricky says. Tenure? Hell, Ricky got 15 years. <laughs> <laughs> Come out the latest. I need to meet Ricky Henderson. <laughs> yeah, that was, yeah, that's, that's your rush hour reset coming up. Latest trade rumors from MLB on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.
right, we already have some things happening. Obviously, if you haven't heard, Shohei Otani is off the market. And last night, after the Angels made it clear that they... Oh, you know what? I should probably... What's going on here? I, I was listening to Adam Wainwright talking about. I turned up my computer. I was, listening, I, I was listening to Adam Wainwright. Oh, what's going on here? Did what I do it? I was listening to Wainwright talk about uh, Paul joking that Paul DeYoung was a flat earther oh. a couple of years ago in a playoff game between Miami and Atlanta. He said that on the air, but he was just joking. So anyway, that's where I was huh. with that. But now that I've turned my computer down, I can tell you <laughs> that Shohei Otani is not on the market anymore. And in fact, the Angels acquired Lucas Giolito and Reynaldo. Lopez from the White Sox last night as they try to go for the playoffs. That obviously takes a starting pitcher, two starting pitchers off the market, Otani and Giolito, and you would think would enhance the Cardinals' chances of being able to get somewhat of a better return for Jordan Montgomery and Jack Flaherty. And as of this morning, Bob Nightingale reporting that the Cardinals have not had any discussions for a contract extension with one Jack Flaherty, and it appears, uh, Katie Wu reported, that Jordan Montgomery is gone. So it appears that both of those starting pitchers will be on the move by next Tuesday's August 1st trade deadline. Is uh, Dylan Cease still being talked about? Not possibly really, being no. moved? He, He's trade likelihood is, is low, is what I'm seeing on MLB.com. I, I think that, again, the Cardinals are going to, if, if their desire is to get an ace, which it needs to be their desire. They're going to have to part with a really good player, a really good position player. Not mm-hmm. not Jordan Montgomery, not Jack Flaherty. I don't see you trading two pitchers and getting an ace in return. That, that, that doesn't make sense. They're both pitchers. You're not going to get another pitcher that can start and be an ace for a major league team right now um, in that case. But you are going to have to trade. You're, it, Brooke, 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 Brooke has said it many <laughs> times. It's something that's going to make you not feel good. What do you call Pew it? Point. Pew point. Pew point. Where you feel like you're going to throw up if they are truly in the market for an ace. Because if they're not going to spend in free agency, if they're not going to open the pocketbook and, and pay over an amount that is offered to an Aaron Nola, Blake Snell, one of those guys— you are going to have to do that in, in at the trade deadline, and you're going to have to give up something that you do not want to give up. That's how trades work. Yeah, and I, I wonder if at this point, with the pretty much universal belief that the Cardinals aren't going to be able to get that guy for a rental, that, that established guy for a rental, if it might just be better off, if they might be better off waiting on the number one, which we've discussed, and waiting until the season is over, because I would think that, if Cease is going to be moved, that the White Sox would be more inclined to move him during the offseason. Same with Glasnow in Tampa. And uh, obviously, you, you would pursue a guy like Nola during the offseason. So I, I would think that the Cardinals probably are not going to get a guy that you're particularly excited about as a number one when this trade deadline is over and we're talking about it next Wednesday morning. And somebody texted in, and I thought this was interesting, that they said something along the lines of, do we need to prepare ourselves for the Cardinals to essentially, in our eyes, do something very little, where you still go into the starting rotation next season with Mats, Michaelis, Libby possibly, and maybe a free agent that's not a bona fide ace? Well, that's not what they said they were going to do, but they have done a lot of things where they said they were going to do it and didn't do it. If they would do that for next year, that, then that would be malpractice. That would be something that is a fireable offense, and obviously Mo will be going into the last year of his deal. But I just don't... 
because the Cardinals, they do want to win. For You might not believe it, but the Cardinals do want to win, and that wouldn't be a way to go about trying to win next year, about fixing the problems that you have. What is the way? What's the best solution? If you you had need four new starting pitchers. Where? From where? Well, you trade you're for, getting two you, of them. You're, you're getting you trade for a couple. Them. Let's look at 1982 when Whitey Herzog went out and got Dave LaPointe and, and John Stuper. And then during the 81 season, he had acquired Joaquin Andujar. So, and then already had Bob Forsh in place. And that was the day of the four-man rotation. He went out and rebuilt his rotation during the course of uh, the middle of a season, trade deadline, and the offseason. I've, I've referenced the Cardinals offseason before 2000 when they went out and they traded for Daryl Kyle. They signed Pat Henkin as a free agent. They re-signed Andy Bennis, who had gone to Arizona for a couple of years. Uh, a couple of pitchers that stayed around, Dustin Hermanson and Garrett Stevenson. And then they had Rick Ankiel waiting in the wings. They were able to add three good, solid veteran starting pitchers. That's the way that the Cardinals need to approach this. Whether it's through trade or free agency, they need to rebuild the rotation. They have to. And the bullpen, once again, is yep. also a giant concern. The pitching staff in general is a concern, which maybe makes a little bit more sense as to why we're hearing the Jordan Hicks and the extension possibly. I'm very interested to see if they're going to reach something with that in the next coming days because it sounded like they were going to get it done in Arizona and we would be finding out Mm -hmm. about this here soon. It's just there's so many deficiencies when it comes to this pitching staff in general where it it makes you very uncomfortable about how they're going to be able to fix all these issues going into next season because that really is a short amount of time to be able to fix this at the trade deadline and also during the offseason. Yeah, I'm I'm the the bullpen. I feel like Ryan Helsley comes back healthy. If you are if your plan is to go out and find starting pitchers that have a, a history of starting pitching in this league, and then you use one of those younger guys, whether it's Graceffo, McGreevy, as a fifth starter, maybe it's Libertor, whichever one of those guys can can be the best of the of the bunch to be the fifth starter. Now you have a a bullpen of younger guys who don't have to go in in high leverage situations every single night and can can kind of work their way into becoming starters. I feel like the best organizations usually and, and this is from from my years playing in, in Pittsburgh, you got guys that are are in the weight kind of waiting as the older guys are transitioning their way out and you're developing those guys. You're working on your your craft every single day and then your opportunity presents itself and then you become a starter. But it, it, to be thrusted into that right away, to have Graceffo, Zach Thompson, Zach Thompson, McGreevy, Libertor as your potential three, four, and five starters, it. you're going it. to be in the same position you are in right now. And Mo has already admitted that, that they can't do that and expect to win next year. So they're, they're, we might not like the veterans that they get, but they're going to go out and get some veterans, whether it's through trade or free agency. So there's a couple of other things happening. Eduardo Rodriguez of the Tigers, who missed a portion of the, the season earlier, but was off to a tremendous start. He's one of the hot properties out there. Uh, Scouts have come to his games from the Rangers, Rays, Reds, Phillies, and D-backs. He uh, has had postseason experience with the with the Red Sox. So he's a guy, Eduardo Rodriguez, that I think we can look about. And still no trade between the Rays and the White Sox regarding Lance Lynn. I don't know what the holdup there because we thought that would happen yesterday. But uh, he has told the White Sox that he would be willing to waive his no-trade clause to go to Tampa Bay. Mm. And they, they need starting pitching. And 
people might you might think, okay, if Lance Lynn is off the market, the only thing it does, like the trade last night of Giolito, that helps determine what the Cardinals will get back in return. The White Sox got two double A players back in return for Lopez and Giolito. And Lopez uh Giolito is a free agent after this year. A guy like Lance Lynn has a year of control left, but these other trades will give the Cardinals a better idea of what they can expect to get in return for Flaherty and Montgomery. If they don't already have those deals pretty far down the line, I would expect that they already have a pretty good idea of what two or three teams they're dealing with and what they can get back for those guys. We're getting a lot of some names thrown out on the YouTube chat, including two different users talking about them signing Yoshinobu Yamamoto from the Japanese League. And my thing yeah. is this exciting. Yes, but. Let's you know, just rebound, rewind three or four years ago. Were you one of the people who was taking shots at the Cardinals for Miles Michael as being their big starting pitcher addition when he was coming over from a different league? And people were saying, "Well, you don't know what he's going to be. You, you can never really gauge what a guy's going to be when he comes from a different league." And you know, people criticized the Cardinals. Obviously, it worked out for him. But I mean, is that really what you think? The Cardinals need to lean on for next season when you know we we need twenty twenty four pitchers. You want a complete question mark who's never pitched in this league? Well, the Cardinals never have done know. a pretty good job of. While we take shots at their ability to scout internationally in Latin America, they've actually done a they, pretty good job yeah, in Asia. They actually right? have with Sunwato and KK and and bringing Michaelis back. Yes. Obviously, Verhagen wasn't the, the the best, but they've done a pretty good job of going over there and finding players. So, if they're willing to spend the money to bring a pitcher over here, I have reasonable confidence that that pitcher can be a middle of the rotation guy. I I keep seeing Yamamoto as a name being brought up, but not attached to the Cardinals. And that doesn't mean that that's something that is not going to work out. I've seen the Red Sox be attached to his name. He's very intriguing, but there, of course, is that element of what exactly you're going to get when he comes over here. Yeah. And that's can the Cardinals afford financially to do that? Yeah. You you have to pay the posting fee, right? I don't know if it depends on whether there is a posting fee or not. Like for Otani, I don't think there was a posting fee. For some players, there still is. For some players, there isn't. So I I don't know where he stands in in regards to the posting fee. And if you didn't hear last night, the Dodgers got Ahmed Rosario from the Guardians. So the Dodgers get Kike Hernandez back and they get Rosario. So that kind of takes them out of the market for a middle infielder like a Paul DeYoung. The Giants still need a middle infielder because... Both their second baseman, Tyro Estrada, and their shortstop, Brandon Crawford, are on the IL, and they wanted a right-handed hitting middle infielder anyway. So it, it very well could be that the market for Paul DeYoung winds up being San Francisco, and that's it. it that, that makes a lot of sense, where I feel like that would be a good fit for him. Just going back to pitching real quick, because I saw some people text in about Zach Thompson. Do you think that they have given up on him possibly no. being a starter? No, I, I don't think they have. And Mo said when they brought him back up or sent him down one of the times. He said, we're going to determine that after the season. We're going to tell him what he's going to be after the season. But uh, they got to figure it out at some point because he's a first-round draft choice who's got good stuff and was terrific in the bullpen. And they have to find out where he he is, too, in his headspace. And I think that he's fantastic coming out of the bullpen. We saw his numbers as a starter down in the minors. I think it's intriguing if that's an element of why they sent him down is that they're possibly looking at stretching him back out again as a starter, which, I mean, he deserves a lot of credit. That's a lot that he's been through this just in this season. That's Brooke. That's Kerry. I'm Randy. Coming up, the Cubs are in town and the former Cardinal, Patrick Wisdom. Patty Smarts is in town with Chicago. He joins us next on the opening drive on 101 ESPN. You're 
back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. He chokes up a little bit. That is hammered. Left field. That one back. That one is gone. Wisdom has gone yard again. Back in the 2012 MLB draft, the Cardinals used a first-round draft choice on Patrick Wisdom. He made his debut with the Cardinals back in 2018. And for the last three years, he's been sensational for the Cubs. Hit 28 homers in 2021, 25 homers last year. He's got 17 already this year. And Patrick in town with the Cubs and joins us now on 101 ESPN with Brooke Grimsley and Kerry Davis. Patrick, this is Randy Carricker. Thanks for taking some time with us. How are you doing? Good. How are you guys? We're we're doing great, and uh, uh, I, I've always kept an eye on you. I always thought it was interesting that the Cardinals took those three third basemen in that first round in 2012. It was yourself, Carson Kelly, and Stephen Piscotty, and uh, your last three years have been terrific. And it took some time to develop. What's happened over the course of the last three years? Is it just a matter of opportunity or something else? Um. Yeah. Um. You know. I I think that's you know part of the the recipe for sure. It's just. Um, you know, getting experience, getting opportunity, um, you know, being a little wiser, if you will, um, just kind of everything. And then, um, yeah, just being, you know, being able to go play out there uh, has been uh, just a lot of fun. Now, Patrick, obviously drafted by the Cardinals, played here briefly, but been in Chicago for the last few years. What have you learned about this Cubs-Cardinals rivalry? Uh, it's real. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, back in 2018, I got to see it from the Cardinals side. Uh, you know, we finished the season there in Chicago. Um, so, you know, pretty pretty cool moment. And then, you know, being back with the Cubs, you know, being on the Cubs side and going back and forth, um, you know, it's real. It's a, it's fun. Um, you can sense, like, the heightened competition. Um, the fans are into it. Um, it's just uh, – it's all around good baseball. And, uh, and for us to do it in London, too, I mean, that was that – was, I think that just added to the rivalry. Patrick, what do you think about the balanced schedule? Because it does feel weird that this will be the last time facing you guys, and it's July. Yeah, that that is a bit strange, um, you know, to be honest. But um, I do like playing everybody. I mean, there's 30 teams. I think, you know, we should be able to play everybody. Um, you know, I guess the London series was a home, like, you know, technically a home series for the Cardinals. Um, but... You know, I do like coming to St. Louis and playing in this ballpark. It's a great ballpark. Um, so, yeah, it is a little bit weird that we're not going to come back and it's only July. <laughs> Patrick Wisdom with us on 101 ESPN. And Patrick, I, th- I thought it was interesting. I mentioned the two ke- uh, third basemen that you were drafted with. Carson Kelly becomes a really good defensive catcher, and then Piscotty was a, a really good outfielder. And you've moved around left, right, first, third. Uh, how do you like that? How do you like being a guy that moves around position-wise? I love it. Um, you know, it kind of keeps you on your toes, per se. And, um, you know, just it gives you, like, a fresh perspective of the game, fresh uh, vantage point. And, uh, you know, I, I honestly just take pride in being ready and being available to, to play anywhere. And so, uh, you know, when they, when they plug me in somewhere different other than third base, um, you know, I take it as fun and, and enjoyable. And, uh, you know, I seek it as, you know, competition to not only with myself to play that position, but, 
um, you know, against uh, the other guys. And um, I think it's just a lot of fun. Keeps the game fresh. Patrick, we uh, as athletes are creatures of habit. So how long did it take you to get adjusted to the new rules, both in the field and at the plate? Oh, yeah, the new rules, yeah. Um, you know, I think spring training was a nice um, nice runway for us to, to get used to it, to practice it, to find, um, you know, what works for us, the routines and uh, the timing of everything, and just so that we didn't feel rushed in the season. I mean, other times we feel rushed, yeah, for sure. Um, but, I, th- I mean, we're seeing, you know, the games are moving right along, and, you know, it's kind of weeding out all that that down – Old time, if you will. Patrick, speaking of just changes and things happening like that, we're, we're talking earlier about what it's like for a player going through the experience of the trade deadline or being traded. Having gone through that before, what do you recall most about that moment? Because I think a lot of people forget about the human element of it. Um, yeah, like, so I got traded in the off season, so I didn't get a, a real chance to, like, you know, say bye to or even thank yous, um, you know, to the people that helped me along the way in, in the Cardinals organization. And so it's kind of weird, you know, it's like, you just, all of a sudden you're going to you know, like a new school without even saying <laughs> bye to your friends. And I mean, granted, you'll see them, you know, you see, a, you know, everybody around cause baseball is like that, but still you just like, you didn't get that chance to, to say thank you or to say, Hey, we'll see you later. Um, so it is a little bit strange and, you know, you walk into the new organization and, you may know a few guys just from playing against them, and so you're you're starting to create new relationships. But it's a little bit weird, yeah. Um, like you said, like you touched on the human element. It's it's real. Um, you know, I can only imagine doing it during the season where you've kind of set roots with the team and you're comfortable and um, you kind of know everything, and then all of a sudden you're you're talked about being traded, and you probably could be traded. And so it's it's got to be such a whirlwind when you do it mid season. I'm sure there was a lot of people along the way, but who in the Cardinals organization is somebody that you're talking about that you wish you could say thank you or wish you could have before you left? Oh, uh, yeah, good question. Um, you know, I, some people that come to mind were like Dan Bilardello, who was one of my minor league managers for a while, um, you know, at different levels. I see Stubby Clapp, you know, when we play him and, and get to chat with him. He was, you know, influential. And guys like Tony Ferrara in the front office and um, – you know, um, you know, there's there's going to be some a lot of the guys I'm going to leave off, but um, just know that they've had you know impact on me, and it's just you know, seeing again, you're like, whoa, um, you know, it's just happens fast. But you know, it's a business, and um, you know, I think we all understand that part of it, but um, that human element is is definitely there and uh, plays a role. I'm sure you have uh, been keeping up with things, all things baseball, and you've heard some things about Wilson Contreras here in St. Louis. You were teammates with him for a couple of years. What was your experience like uh, as a teammate with Wilson Contreras? Yeah, he's a he's a competitor. He wants to win. He wants to uh, you know do the very best for his team, and um, you know he he's going to work his tail off to to do that. And um, you know I'm glad to see that he's uh, doing well here in St. Louis and. Um, you know, I think he has a, a chip on his shoulder. Definitely when we when we play each other, um, you know, I think that should be obvious and rightfully so. But um, yeah, you can just tell the fire that he has for this game. 
Patrick Wisdom of the Cubs is participating in Big League Impact's all-win campaign with donations per team win, plus homers, doubles, and RBIs. You can go to bigleagueimpact.org and sign up to win with Patrick Wisdom. And all of his uh, donations benefit St. Jude's Children's Research Hospital. Uh, He's an ambassador for St. Jude and obviously involved. And we're going to talk about fantasy football in a second. Uh, But you know Big League Impact. You know Adam Wainwright. Can you tell us about the first time you met Adam Wainwright? Uh, yeah, when I was uh, so back when I got drafted in that first spring training in 2013, um, coming into like you know a prospect camp, if you will, and him, you know, coming and talking to us and um, just kind of establishing what it's like to be a Cardinal and um, you know the the standard that's held and the high expectation and the and the winning mindset, um, you know, in the Cardinals organization, and so. Just hearing that from him, uh, you know, his tall stature, he's like, you know, you're like, whoa, you know, this is Adam Wainwright. And, but such a nice guy, such, um, you know, encouraging, inspiring um, individual. So when you hear that when you first come into an organization, it kind of sets the tone. And, um, you know, I'm glad that I was able to uh, experience that for sure. And you're going to be hosting the first Chicago Big League Impact Fantasy Football League, and you can go to bigleagueimpact.org to learn more. But I And you're going to do it with Jan Gomes. Are you a pretty good fantasy football player, Patrick? Yeah, you know, I, I feel like, you know, some sometime I definitely um, come in the top three a couple times. Um, you know, but sometimes it's just, you get you have a good team, but it just doesn't pan out, and that's okay. Um, you know, it's just I find uh, I find it just more enjoyable to I use it to you know watch the games and find joy in watching the games, other than just you know flipping on a game and you know you got nothing involved in it. You know what I'm saying? So it's fun to watch different players and um, you know kind of stay involved with a group and and your friends and um, you know I think to do it with this, which you know big league impact and. Being able to do it with the fans, I think it's going to be a lot of fun, too. Now, Patrick, we have a, a fantasy football league here at ESPN. And last year, one of the, the commissioner, he's one runs one of the shows. He's a co- co-host of one of the shows. He had us drafting with 30 seconds between each pick. <laughs> yeah. Tell me how you would feel with 30 seconds to prepare for a pick if you were drafting. Is that It, it, was, it was absolutely nuts. Yeah, that sounds a bit nuts. <laughs> um, <laughs> Now, did you know, like, ahead of time? No. no. Oh, that's no. even that's We even had scarier. no clue <laughs> until <laughs> we saw exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, that makes it, yeah, that makes it super tough. Um, dang. Yeah, it, it was tough. doing some auto picks, man. I might, I might just be hitting some auto picks on, on some of those. <laughs> that happened with Kerry. <laughs> BK just texted me. He's a little upset about yeah. it. We uh, still live. Okay. <laughs> Okay, uh, need we're, we're in the trust tree here, Patrick. How do you like the nickname Patty Smarts? Yeah, you know I don't I don't mind it. Um, yeah, it's fine. It's it's nice. So it's uh, I'll take it. You know some of the things that are thrown at me on you know Instagram and Twitter are, are not can be you know not so kind, but Patty Smarts <laughs> is up there. I'll take it. Good. Well, we're uh, thrilled that you were able to take some time with us this morning. Have a good weekend here in St. Louis, and good luck with everything that you're doing fantasy football-wise and with the all-win campaign, and people can learn more. Joining Patrick Wisdom, you already know he's a great guy. Just go to bigleagueimpact.org. Patrick, thanks so much. 
Yeah, thank you guys. I really appreciate it. Take care. Patrick Wisdom of the Cubs with us on 101 ESPN. We're going to head down the stretch with Rock and Roll next. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Let's rock. Let's rock today. It is time for Rock and Roll here on 101 ESPN. Matthew, what do you got for us? 101 ESPN. Breaking news alert. Rams COO Kevin Demoff just might be a liar, Randy Carricker. No. What? Yes, breaking news right here out of 101 ESPN. He might not be the most truthful person in the NFL. I know this may shock you all, but... No. Speaking to reporters at training camp on Wednesday, Matthew Safford said that the Rams spoke with his camp this offseason about potentially restructuring his deal. This, of course, is in contrast to Kevin Demoff saying on the 11 Personnel podcast that there were, quote-unquote, no discussions with Matthew about restructuring his contract because he didn't have any guaranteed money left on the deal. Stafford also said, I don't know what the technical term of it is, but we had conversations on that kind of stuff, and I'll leave it at that. Randy, I am for one shot. Shocked that gambling is going on in this establishment. Hmm. Um, well, it, I think as our buddy Charlie Marlowe established yes, several years ago, best. Uh, I'll just ask a question. If uh, you get paid for something, does that make you a professional in that regard? <laughs> yeah, yes. <laughs> okay. Once you get started getting paid for it, you are considered a pro. And did Kevin Demoff get paid to clearly, as he said in his own speech to Harvard-Westlake High School alums, did he get paid to mislead and or lead lie to people? Unfortunate uh, or not, they so. uh, did, yeah. So I would suggest that if he got paid for it, and he did it, that would make him a professional liar. Hmm. That means you're pretty good at it? The best, Very good at it. Just the, okay. just the most accurate and best chironing I've ever seen on a news hmm. on a news program. He was that's great. Stuff. By Mr. Charlie Marlowe on that day. I just I can't believe he's doing it again, Randy. I just he hasn't learned his lesson. I guess. No, he doesn't need to learn his lesson. Do you learn, do you learn your lesson when you get a better job out in in a state with where it doesn't rain and it's always eighty degrees? Well, I don't know. It's, uh, the taxes are high. Come on, karma. Very high. <laughs> Very high. Also, uh, speaking of some people getting some comeuppance that I like, this one's a, a little bit more funny. Chris Russo, uh, at the beginning of the MLB season, commented that Zach Granke and Joey Votto were two of the active players in, in Major League Baseball that were, quote-unquote, part of the Hall of Very Good. Chris Russo caught some flack from Brian Kenny, and now... One of those players, Joey Votto, joined High Heat yesterday to give Chris Russo a piece of his mind. Well, I like a couple it. Yeah. of months ago, you said that Zach Greinke and I are a hall of very good ball players. I think Zach and I would agree. You may be right, but I get the gist of what's going on here. I know what you're doing. You're looking down on us, a couple small market Midwest ball players, just because we're not big city, just like you, Mr. New York City, Sirius XM radio star, Mr. National Television, ESPN star, with your Fifth Avenue ties and your crisp pocket squares, your tailored suits and your polished shoes and your hair, your perfectly coiffed Broadway hair. Must be nice to sit atop that Madison Avenue ivory tower looking down on us with those luscious locks. Not everyone can be the next Roger Peckinpah, Mad Dog. You should be ashamed of yourself. 
You're a disgrace. Like- <laughs> Joey Votto with one of the best responses to a media member I have ever heard. Spectacular. Uh, that was beautiful. He's, he's really he's funny, great. actually. His yeah. personality is fascinating. It's funny you compare him to Zach Granke because I honestly think on different sides of the on different sides of like the horseshoe, they are two of the oddest and like most creative weirdos yeah. in Major League Baseball. I, I if Joey Votto had been a Cardinal, he'd be, he would be re- unbelievably revered here. Could it'd, be, you, it'd be insane. Could you imagine him and Brebia with the Cardinals at the same time? Just saying, in like a universe of just like fun, weird sense of humors coming together. Brevia had one of the best personalities. I never knew that John Brevia was that. Oh he my was awesome. gosh, was he, he was really? hilarious. He's as good as it gets. Yeah. Oh my. What happened to him? Did they throw his arm off? Uh, uh, well, yeah, he had Tommy John. Oh, yeah. Were you there that spring training that he made it Burntine's Day? It was Valentine's oh, Day yeah. during yep. spring training, and he made it <laughs> Burntine's, and then he went around and Burntine's? Yeah, Burntine's, oh. and, and handed out roses to everybody. It was beautiful. That was great. Now, here's the question. Uh, if Vado does come to St. Louis... Who plays first base? Who do they get rid of? <laughs> you gotta get rid of Goldie, right? No, it was when Albert oh, was when here. Oh, when Albert was here. Oh, okay, yeah. Oh, no. Well, uh, I thought you were talking about now if you just wanted him. You, you, nobody. So he made his no. major league de- debut in 2007, and so Albert played 7, 8, 9, 10, 11 here. So uh, they would have had to get rid of one of them. Do they get rid of Albert at that point no, in the midst no. of the contract? No. No. See, Randy, okay. this is why you always should have had the DH. You're saying for the personality hire, you would get rid of Albert? Yeah, well, you got Joey Votto <laughs> on the team? Absolutely. Somebody no texted in Joe Kelly. Baseball, he good baseball. How, how, how are you going to talk about the Cardinals without that? Without calling him Jotty? You, you can't play. do that. Yeah, that's true. What did they text him? Uh, Joe Kelly. I think some people, we're yes. talking about hypotheticals. Yeah. Of when If you had all these people around. So imagine a personality. If they just, if instead of like, Play. They just brought in guys based on personality, peak personality. Brebia, Joe Kelly. Ooh, can I just say this by the way? Votto. Bre- Brebia, Joe Kelly, Joey Votto, Zach Granke. Four people who I can absolutely put money on, guarantee that they believe in aliens. Mm. There's zero mm. doubt in my oh, mind. All four of those guys we have like a panel aliens. with them yeah, and discussing well, they, it. I would they, guarantee it. It. they should. They, they are real. Randy Rose Randy. They're here. We just found out. And he's got personality. just found out. Oh, he's pretty good, too. Yeah. Yeah. He'd wear his cowboy boots. Uh, thank you, Matthew. Thank you, Randy. By the way, John Brevia pitched 76 games for the Giants last year. He's pitched 29 this year for him. Yep. He's a uh, he's back from Tommy John, baby. Good for him. He's good, yeah. He's got great uh, great beard, too. That was another great tradition. He would shave the day before spring training and then not shave until the last day of really? the season. That was fun. Uh, great job today by uh, Brooke, who will not be here tomorrow. I will uh, not. Brooke, have a fabulous weekend. I, I will. It will be a lot of fun, and I will work on not being a bridezilla. Okay, good. We're proud of you. Yeah, we are. It's not yeah. going to happen. Good. <laughs> good for you. Uh, CD, have a lovely day. And we thank you for tuning in, texting in, and being a part of this program. For all of us, until tomorrow morning at 7. Have a great day, St. Louis. That's right. You've been listening to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN and ESPN.com. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.